0: are you ready christine i'm ready are you
1: ready ma i am let's go let's go yet again to brooklyn new york Mm. we're just always in brooklyn why not we are doing the 1944 film arsenic in old lace and isn't it arsenic and old lace did i say in yes well there was ar- some arsenic in some lace too so you know a drama critic discovered that his two unmarried aunts are poisoning their gentleman house guests what could go wrong what
2: could what could
1: a lot
2: so the particulars arsenic and arsenic and old lace it was released wide In the United States on September 23rd, 1944. More on that later. The particulars. Jack L. Warner is the producer. Remember him from last week's The Treasure of the Sierra Madre? He and his brother
1: Sam are the Warner Brothers. Oh. You hardly ever hear about Sam. You always hear about Jack. Oh, well, I guess you hear about him when you hear Warner Brothers,
3: you
2: know. Well, so he he's. The I one never knew either
0: of their first names,
2: Jack and Sam. The director is Frank Capra, Sicilian American. Mm-hmm. You know him from It's a Wonderful Life, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, It Happened One Night, all films that we've done at Gone with the Bushes. He also did the famous World War Two documentary series Why We Fight. Mr. Deeds Goes to Town, You Can't Take It With You, and Meet John Doe, among others. It was mm-hmm. written by Julius J. Epstein and Philip G. Epstein. They were twin brothers. They also wrote Casablanca.
1: Ooh, out! Mm-hmm. Not the ouch, man- I didn't mean ouch. <laughs> I don't know why I said ouch. <laughs> the Man Who Came to
2: Dinner, and then Julius also wrote Four Daughters and Send Me No Flowers. This is based on the 1939 play, Arsenic and Old Lace, by Joseph Kesselring. That was his masterpiece, and it was a Broadway hit play from 1939 to 1944. The music is by our main man, Max Steiner. Yes, it was. He also did The Treasure of the Sierra Madre, which we did last week. Also, 24 Oscar nominations. He won four. He did most, he did over 300 films. Most notable among those Jezebel, Casablanca, Gone with the Wind, The Searchers, 1937, A Star is Born. So, wow. 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 Director of
0: photography. What was that? Oh, nothing. My headphones (laughs) died. (laughs) He was the uh, uh, director
2: of photography <laughs> he told Polito.
0: I don't understand why they wouldn't be charging if they're plugged in into this and into that. It's everything's plugged in together. And it's a source of power. power and it can, why wouldn't it charge? I don't know. know.
2: That's technology, man. This is... We record through Skype. It, it gets very weird sometimes.
1: Sometimes we, sometimes we have some reverberation, some echoes, some doggies. Well, well. <laughs> some husbands.
0: It's starting. Your headphones are on. Yep. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's how much respect we get from our own. And we
2: are to the Director of Photography, Sol Polito, who also shot Angels with Dirty Faces, Sergeant York, and now Voyager. The editor, Daniel Mendel, who also edited The Apartment, Witness for the Prosecution, The Pride of the Yankees and the Best Years of Our Lives, Guys and Dolls, and Porgy and
0: Bess. Oh, my God. It strikes again. strikes again. wonder if he has a copy. I hope one day, because I have an idea of what that movie is about in my mind. (laughs) And it's a pig. There's a pig. There's no pig? Okay. No, No. So you thought Porgy was a pig? Yeah. I did, too.
2: Yeah, Porgy and Bess.
0: Like a pig and a cow. Yeah. Doing their dailies.
2: No. I know it's uh it's about black
1: people.
0: Uh, oh And the song
1: Old Man River, yes. Is I
0: Old think Man so. River? So I think
2: right? there's like a, a lot of famous songs, but who knows? We'll Nobody never know. I guess
0: we'll never know.
2: <laughs> Starring Carrie Grant, or excuse me, Archibald Alec Leach as his birth name is as mortimer brewster we know him from his girl friday bringing up baby the philadelphia story those are all movies we've done also the awful truth north by northwest suspicion and notorious the last three are hitchcock films yeah we're, we're gonna, gonna do them, them
0: yet we're gonna uh, yeah the t- tasty nugget he was so upset when hitchcock died he couldn't leave his house oh my I god he went it. into a- <laughs> He went into a deep depression when Hitchcock died. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. His bestie. Man, that was 1980. Seems like he went into a lot. He had a lot of best friends who died and did not do well for him. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the, just the, the, the time
2: span of his life. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what do you expect?
1: You know,
2: Josephine Hull as Aunt. Abby Brewster she won best supporting actress Oscar for her role in Harvey she it has super Broadway bona fides she was also in the films after tomorrow careless lady and the lady from Texas Jean Adair as Aunt Martha Brewster she and Josephine originated their roles on Broadway so they they played these roles in the Broadway smash play Mm -hmm. um she also was in the movies Living in Living in a Big Way, Something in the Wind and The Naked City. <laughs> Raymond Massey as Jonathan Brewster. He was known for playing Abraham Lincoln in Abe
1: Lincoln in Illinois. The guy who played Jonathan. Yeah, I know. I, I, he didn't look anything like Raymond Massey. I mean, they...
0: Oh, no, Jonathan, not the other guy. Not Teddy. Not Teddy. Okay, I was like, yeah. he doesn't really seem like a um, Abraham Lincoln to me.
2: I So, he was also in A Matter of Life and Death in East of Eden, which we haven't done yet. I didn't know. But, oh, wasn't he also like in Dr. Kildare or something? He was, he was in a he TV was Perry show. Mason.
1: He was oh, Perry. Oh, wait, Mason. no. Yeah, that's oh, Raymond. Yes, yes. Okay. This whole time I'm thinking of Perry Mason, and it was Raymond Massey who was uh, the the head doctor in Dr. Kildare. Okay, got it, got it.
2: <laughs> okay, nerd alert to further blow your mind, Ma. His high-profile estrangement and divorce from Adrian Allen was the inspiration for the script Adam's Rib, which is oh. a famous Katherine Hepburn, Spencer Tracy film. Yes.
1: Peter Laurie as Dr. Herman <laughs> Einstein. So good. Herman Einstein. I mean, did you not laugh as soon as they said the name? Yes.
2: Remember, we did Peter Lorre, and he was in M. He was also in Casablanca. He was in The Maltese Falcon, the 1934 OG original version of The Man Who Knew Too Much. Priscilla Lane as Elaine Harper Brewster. She was in The Roaring Twenties, Saboteur, and Bodyguard. John Alexander as Teddy Roosevelt Brewster. He also originated this role on the Broadway production, He was also in A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, Summer Holiday, and Winchester 73. Clark Carson, who is Officer Patrick O'Hara, he was in A Star is Born, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, Bringing Up Baby, and Mildred Pierce. So we've seen him a couple of times. John... Ridgely, as Officer Sanders, he was in The Big Sleep, Cowboy from Brooklyn, in A Place in the Sun. Which, A Place in the Sun, we haven't done, but for the solid 15 out there, A Place in the Sun is actually the origin of Gone with the Bushes. Because I watched A Place in the Sun and then went to lunch with my friend and was telling him about the movie, and he was like, you should. This should be a podcast where you watch old movies and tell people about them who don't have time to watch the old movies. And he was super busy. And so I was like, Hey, Ma, you want to do a podcast where you watch old movies and tell each
1: other about So them? wait a minute. I'm hearing I was your second choice. Yeah. No, sorry
2: you were actually the first choice because I knew he wasn't going to watch the old movies.
1: Good recovery. Good recovery. Thank you. Yeah. But still, he's your first choice. If only he would have watched the old movies. No. This is my ego talking. We can move on. Damn it. And I can't say anything to that.
2: Edward Everett Horton as Mr. Witherspoon. Oh, I didn't write anything down for him. He was in it. And Grant Mitchell as Reverend Harper. He was in Dinner at Eight. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington and The Grapes of
1: Wrath, among many others. And those are the particulars. Well done, well done. Have a drink. Well, I will set the table. Oh, wait.
2: Before you set the table, there are going to be major spoilers in this
1: film. Oh, yes.
2: I don't want to speak for everyone on this podcast, but I feel like this is one of those movies where I think you should
0: watch it. A movie of the year for me. Uh, it is. I know we still have six more months or five more months I know. but- It's going to be hard to be the
1: hot, humid day when you really can't go out and do anything. Put this on. It is so enjoyable.
2: Especially if, okay, you know, I have a very dark sense of humor. So Mm -hmm. this movie, the mileage may vary for people depending on what they find humorous. But if you are at all into true crime and have a sense of humor and can also have a sense of humor about true crime, you know, you can separate all those things, hold two thoughts in your head at the same time, then this is a movie for you.
1: Things just keep happening. And Cary Grant didn't like this film. He felt like he overacted the entire time, but that's what made it so funny his facial expression. So, anyway, I'm going to set the table. Yeah, all right. So, you've been warned. I, w- I really definitely turn us off, go watch it and then come back and you can enjoy with us. Um, Aaron, I ask this every time in an old movie where we have um where they tell have something for us to read. It's a title title card. Ah, I- yeah. Title card. Okay. It comes up with a title card. (laughs) Title card. This is a Halloween tale of Brooklyn where anything can happen and usually does. I agree. I have been to Brooklyn. I got a tattoo in Brooklyn. Okay. Anything can happen.
2: Oh, are you going to mention the most Brooklyn thing that happened? When we were, because we were hanging out in their backyard, and then we went to hang out on the stoop.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What was said? Oh, well, we're hanging out in the backyard. We have a nice little secluded backyard. Uh, You don't really feel like you're in the city anymore. Not a lot of noise. You know, people play their music. You can hear that, but it's not very loud. You all had to catch an Uber. So Adam said... (laughs) why don't we wait for it out front? It's a different vibe out front. He did. It's exactly what he said. Not 30 seconds after we go out front, somebody hangs their head out the window and starts screaming. Something about you white bitch. You really, you're running around. You think you can suck my dick, suck his dick or something. Yeah. Something about somebody sucking somebody's D I'm so sorry. Oh my God. I just ween. said that this is recorded. Ween, somebody in somebody else's Ween. And I was like, And there were only two white women
1: uh, that I saw in yeah. the area. And that was One Christine. Was me. And, me. Um,
0: I and then immediately was very
2: pale.
1: And my I was, own aunt. True. did
0: not was dark me, out. So, so. how would she know? Maybe it was you. I, it, and immediately I was just like, this never, this literally <laughs> never happens. This never happens. <laughs> I'm waiting for
1: gunshots personally. But uh yeah, so and then Poppy is running in the street because he didn't want our Uber to miss us. Okay. It was it was just so Brooklyn. funny. just Brooklyn vibes. Anything can happen. Okay, then we have um and it says at 3 p.m. on this particular day, this was happening, and we cut to a Brooklyn Dodgers.
2: The Brooklyn Trolley
1: Dodgers. Yeah. And uh, we have uh, a dugout clearing eruption. Then we go to another title card that says, while at the same time across the river in the United States proper. Oh, such Brooklyn slander. There was romance in the air. We meet Mortimer Brewster and Elaine Harper, and they're at City Hall to get married. Now, Mortimer is a drama critic who has written books such as Marriage, A Fraud, and A Failure.
2: <laughs> Which I LOL'd. It was like, hmm. Well... I guess so. Uh, I'm going to be the only one on the on the old podcast as the old outlier. I'm like, I find that to be hilarious.
1: <laughs> well, actually, I find it to be hilarious too. I'm just in stuck in the middle with you. He has criticized every love scene in every play he's ever seen, citing they are silly and unrealistic. Therefore, he doesn't want to be seen getting married. Well, the press spot him, and he runs away. He tells Elaine he won't marry her, and that's that. And they kiss, and he rushes back in to get married. That's called sexual tension people <laughs> I can't marry you because my brand is strong, and my <laughs> brand is not marrying." And then he kisses her and goes, "There could be a benefit. Let's go get married." Now we but have I, a feel new- like I know
0: people like that. Who like, I can't get in a relationship because of my brand, you know, like, yeah, that's oh. true. Well, maybe just right. being single.
2: Yeah. I mean, every time I, I'm just like, man, I really like not living with somebody. Yes. I guess that's my brand. So yeah,
1: that's me. Every time I talk to her, she's like, yeah. Okay. New title card. And now back to one of Brooklyn's most charming residential districts. From here on, you are on your own. And we see a cemetery where there's a tombstone highlighted called Jacob John Vandermeer, died 1654, as well as the cemetery sign saying it was established in 1654. Did we ever? This is is before the time of 1619. This predates
2: the slave trade no it
1: does it post date 1654 1619 was before
2: yeah because i was thinking
1: 15 oh because i have some never mind yeah items of cast about that okay to believe a lot happened at the very beginning of this film Two police officers are walking, and one is telling the other about the two sweet, dear, kind Brewster sisters who live right next to the church in the cemetery. And they have a room for rent. In the house, we meet a man who believes he is Teddy Roosevelt. And one aunt who is talking with Elaine's father, the pastor of the church. We meet both aunts or aunts, Martha and Abby. There is a dead body in the window seat, and we learn that Mortimer has a frightening brother, Jonathan, who no one has seen in twenty years, and he looks like Boris, Boris Karloff. Boris and so it begins. That's just the beginning. Yeah. of this film. Yeah,
2: I had to. I had to because this is one of like you know. I sit down, I have my salad, I'm eating it, and then I soon realize like, oh, this is one of those films where if my mind goes off and wanders as it sometimes does after I have a nice cocktail in the evening, I had to like, wait, pause it and rewind it. Cause I was like, wait, what? And then also just getting caught up in the facial expressions and everything. So just, just delightful fun.
1: Delightful fun. It doesn't sound like two sister serial killers. It would be delightful fun and, and a dude who looks like Boris Karloff, but it's, it's, it, it is, it's delightful. I you you laughed out loud family. a couple
0: of times. I oh my did God. Not. Yes. <laughs> times. Okay. So. I heard something that said it was a little, it was like, was slow to start and I did not agree.
1: Mm-mm. Oh. Mm-mm. When that, when the press are there and they talk about, wait for it, wait for it. Uh, the cheater's. Mortimer has on cheaters, sunglasses, or cheaters. I mean, (laughs) as soon as the press dude said that, who's the dude in the cheaters? I'm like, I'm all in. Okay, but we are to people of color count.
2: Okay, so I I counted... Were there two black couples at City Hall getting married, or was it just the one couple? I
0: have. Well, it wasn't a black couple. I think it was an interracial couple. I saw. Oh. And it was, but this is a Tasty Nugget because it was during the Hayes Code. And it, interracial marriage is not allowed with the Hayes Code in movies. So it was kind of like a, they weren't married, but they were in line to get married. So technically right. they weren't a married couple, but it was a black woman and I think a white man.
2: Yeah. Oh, because I only saw the black woman and then I yeah, and then there was somebody that was like covering who her spouse was, and so in yeah. my mind, I was just I just like put it together because this is prior to 1967,
0: loving versus. Yeah, Virginia, no, they did so. it. I I heard they did it as kind of like an FU to the like they're not married, so but they
1: did it in a way that you aren't. Sure, that she's marrying the yeah, it wasn't like she's marrying this right, right, yeah. It shows her and she winks at Elaine and then it shows him and he does a toothy grin at Mortimer. Mm -hmm. So, we're assuming they were a couple, which I think they were, but people could go, No, they were just in line with other people. Yeah, that that woman was an Asian American woman, I thought she was an Uh Asian person uh, with some african blood
2: because the thing i noticed that because i was like oh awesome in my mind i read it as that was an asian woman um and i was like oh that's great you know she's she's just a, a regular american woman but then my main man Max steiner with his music cue though did you guys hear that because it took, it went, it, it got a little cringy because the music cue, when you see her face smiling, becomes um, Asian influence.
1: Oh man, I'm going to go back and hold. I didn't miss that. I thought yeah. she was black, so I didn't. I thought she was a mix. But, wasn't her hair I, really curly? A, I don't another, know. I
2: couldn't. There wasn't, no, I thought I that there was another black woman.
0: There. there might have I been. I guess
2: we're going to need to...
0: We think. might be two, talking about two separate women. I don't know.
2: I Yeah. To me, I thought that there was another darker-skinned woman,
0: and I okay. couldn't.
2: And that was the woman that I was saying I think that was a couple, but I couldn't ever see. And then that there was this Asian woman who I was like, this is awesome because she's just a regular Asian woman, mm-hmm. and she's marrying this guy, except for the music cue. Which, you know how last week we talked about in The Treasure of the Sierra Madre mm-hmm. how Steiner had the same music, but... It was, very, it was like minor chord variations to be like a funeral dredge when they were struggling in the mountains. And then it was very peppy, upbeat. When like Howard was music, just... When Howard was just like a goat. Jauntily going
1: through the mountains. So this
2: was like the same, except then it took on
1: like this Asian... T- and I was like, oh, uh, that's, I uh, that's a bad reheatable. So. You know what? I liked it so much. I will pay uh, another three ninety nine to rent it again and watch it without taking notes and stuff. Okay, I'm gonna do yeah, that this know. afternoon. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay, go ahead, Ma. Um. Well. Okay. Uh. So is that that's the POC? Now we're gonna do power of cast, and I I have a few. Okay, mm-hmm. I have a few as well. Whether well, probably I
2: imagine some overlapping. So why don't you go ahead?
1: Well. Um. Later in the mo- well, let's start with the. Title card. <laughs> the title (laughs) card that said, um, that they were in Brooklyn, but they were in, wait for it. Uh, one of the most charming residential districts of Brooklyn, which to me was a way of saying completely white.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: And the, and the reason I say that is because later a, um, when Jonathan and, <coughs> excuse me, I'm so sorry, Dr. Einstein come in, they also have a dead body of Spinoza, who you assume is an Italian-American, and the sisters refer to him as a foreigner. And at mm-hmm. one point, they are burying Spinoza with one of the sisters' gentlemen. A and Methodist. They, a, a, yeah, a fine Methodist. They're, cannot, they're- Yeah, they're willing to, to like,
2: their whole uh, serial murdering thing, they're ready to give it all up over burying the foreigner Spinoza with a good
1: Methodist that they've murdered. (laughs) Yeah, so there was that. Um, And then I also had, now this is a true, um, this is a, this is, don't listen if you're going to watch this. But Mortimer's mother was a, a um, an unmarried woman with a child, and so that was so not good that she actually married Jonathan's father, who evidently was kind of weird, to say the least. She'd rather marry a a a person just to be legitimate.
3: Yeah,
2: well, also, so she was the cook, and she right. had a kid, and so then she married the brother of the two uh, aunts that are there. Right, and so that he thought that that that's how Mortimer thought that he was a nephew, and it's important because uh, <laughs> this family. Everyone in this family seems to have mental illness. So he was just like, ah, and then that kind of comes out over it is also being like, I can't marry you now, because
1: everybody's my crazy. <laughs> everybody's everybody crazy. I'm not gonna bring a child into this. So those were my power of casts. Teeny, do you have power of cast? Um, no, I'll let you go. All right. Well,
2: I have just right off the bat how they were the two old white women just getting away with murder because they were taking oh, yeah. out people who didn't have families. So it's people who aren't going to have people come looking for them. And, and then they
1: check that out. I mean, when somebody yeah. comes to rent the room, they ask oh, about family. I mean,
0: they have, the fact that the cops were there and they were like, these people are mur- there's bodies in the cellar. Ooh, spoiler alert. And they were like, no, there's not. And they're like, there couldn't be. Not these two ladies. Exactly. And they're just these two old way.
2: Like, they're just, they're, look at how, the, they re- they rent a room for, because at the beginning, the cop's like, oh, they must be hard up. They have a room for rent. And they're like, no, they just like to take in people for charity. And then their whole thing of murdering people, they think of it as a charity of putting these people out of it's their misery. It's a kindness. It's a look kindness. how peaceful they
1: look in their death. And they were so not peaceful when they came to us.
2: And they kept trophies. Yeah. In the main
1: room. Yeah. Hats. Yeah.
2: Hats. yeah. Of face. yeah.
1: Oh, a Yeah. Oh yeah. Total serial killer thing.
2: And so it's like, who's going to stop these women? If their death is what's going to stop these women. And it's not
1: coming anytime soon.
2: Yeah, they're gonna live forever. We mentioned the whole thing about Spinoza. I knew he was a foreigner, and they were very mad. They also mentioned how their neighborhood has changed. Mm-hmm. And I guess I missed it, but when we go back and rewatch it, they there's also a black lawn jockey in there. Oh, lawn. I miss that. Yeah, so yeah. there's a lot like where it's like, oh, these <laughs> they're murders and they're racist though who had that on their bingo card (laughs) um and then this frank capra scholar michael c gunter he said the theme of both the play and the film is america's difficulty in coming to grips with both the positive and negative consequences of liberty it professes to uphold which the brewsters demand although their house is the nicest in the street there are 12 bodies in the basement That inconsistency is a metaphor for America's struggle to reconcile the violence of much of its past with its pervasive myths about its role as a beacon of freedom. Wow! Hmm. So there you go. Bodies in the because America's got bodies in the basement. Bodies in the cellar. Bodies
3: in the
1: basement. And may I just say here how brilliant it is of them not to off Teddy because every time they have a new body, he needs to go dig a new lock in the Panama Canal.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I it's, mean, it's
2: because you know me, brilliant. I like my history. There was so much that I was laughing at about. And, and
1: don't worry, we'll get to nerd alerts. <laughs> San Juan Hill. Okay, so that's um, that's our power of cast. Okay, so we are two nerd alerts. I know Teeny's got a fantastic nerd alert. TNA so let's gets Teenie... to go first. Well
2: no, I wanna just no. pick like, a scene for the forties. <laughs> okay and then and, and like do all that Excuse stuff, and then me. We're, gonna, we're gonna let Teeny take it away. No. <laughs> Never mind. This movie came out in nineteen forty-four. We'll get to it later to set the so set the stage for what this movie was coming out to in September of 1944 World War II is in full effect. So, AKA, we have the United States of America. The we're fighting in Italy trying to go up to get to Germany. There's fighting in the Pacific. In June of 1944 D-Day happens. Um, In September, September 26, actually, like three days after this movie comes out, Operation Market Garden ends in the Netherlands. And remember who we have there? We have Audrey Hepburn. So Audrey Hepburn is very stressed out right now when this movie is coming out, probably not thinking that she's going to make it through. Um, Eating tulip bulbs at this point? Yeah, just extremely stressful situation. I came, I found this. okay. The fair Seinenstadt, colon, a documentary film from the Jewish settlement area. This was a black and white Nazi propaganda film written and directed by German Jewish prison prisoner. Kurt Gerron and Czech filmmaker Karl Pensany, under supervision of the SS, at that Theresienstadt concentration camp. So, this it began filming in 1944, and this is a propaganda film. Its intentions was to show happy and healthy Jews to discredit the reports of genocide to the allies, but really to neutral countries. Mm. And um, so this guy, he Kurt uh, Kurt Guerin, he was a I don't know, filmmaker, but he was shipped off to Auschwitz and murdered. He never got to see the film. The film was completed in the spring of 1945, but by then the jig was up for the old Nazis and they were losing um, and also the allies had um liberated the concentration camps and were like excuse fuck that what the fuck are you talking about my father liberated two of them Mm -hmm. so the whole film was pretty much lost but scenes um so after the war like the whole film was lost but scenes of it were found And, of course, those scenes of it... So, this was a movie that that you're a prisoner. And so, of course, they would have to find the handful of non-emaciated Jewish people and be like, here, look happy and stuff. It's like, this is so fucked up so that we can put this out, you know, give it to the Red Cross to be like, no, look, they're, they're happy! They're happy here! Um but you know since the this the whole movie's gone but of course holocaust deniers have latched on to the forgot like the found footage and be like look see they were happy so that's awesome um that's sarcasm people i just think it's really interesting and how just cuz people when you read about their like on wikipedia they're just like oh i the Nazis have the Nazis. No shame. This is so dastardly to be making a propaganda film to to show like the opposite of what you're saying. Who would do such a thing? Where would they come up with such an idea? Let us Americans... It's very easy to be like, oh, the Nazis. The, oh, how evil. Let us not forget that uh, America produced a film, a huge hit called The Birth of a Nation. So... Just just saying.
1: And I'm saying the, the people of color in Gone with the Wind were were mighty happy and singing around a, a fire. A oh, lot. I mean happy people. pretty pretty
2: much all of Hollywood uh up until 2016. I'll just say it's just been a one history of like they're fine. Look, look how happy they are. They're singing in the field. This is great. Um, the Uni- in 1944, the United Negro College Fund is incorporated by Frederick D. Patterson. So that I grew up always hearing about the United Negro College Fund. And I was like, that's awesome. And then 1944, First Lieutenant Jackie Robinson is arrested and court-martialed for refusing to move back to the back of a segregated U.S. Army bus At Camp Hood, Texas, which is uh, currently Fort Hood, Texas, which may I point out, named for a Confederate officer. I lived there three years. years. Mm -hmm. He is acquitted, but um, he wasn't able. So before that, he was with the 761st Black Panther Tank Battalion. And because he got court-martialed, because he wasn't going to go sit in the back of the bus, which is really a, a, a very fascinating story because the buses were actually integrated, but for some reason, that bus, because that, he had a bum ankle, and so he got on the bus um, and then was told that he needed to get to the back of it, and he was a lieutenant, and the guy that was the bus driver was an enlisted man. <laughs> And Jackie Robinson was like, all right, arrest me and court-martial me. I got a bar. Like, if anything, you know, color of skin and, and what have you in the army, let's take this to the court-martial. I outrank you. And nine white men were like, yeah, he outranks him. He's acquitted. But because of that... He wasn't with the Black Panthers, so he didn't go into combat, and he didn't see combat. Instead, he was transferred to a base in Kentucky where he met a former Kansas City Monarch player who encouraged Jackie Robinson to try out for the Negro American League. And the rest, you know the rest of the story. I think that's fascinating that in 1940—and this movie begins with the Brooklyn (laughs) Dodgers— That's the team Jackie Robinson goes on to play. And if Jackie Robinson hadn't have been court-martialed and stood up for his right, he would have gone off with the Black Panthers. And who knows what would have
1: happened.
2: Instead, he gets to go on to do probably an equally PTSD-inducing
1: thing. Oh, my God, yes.
2: Breaking the color barrier in major league baseball but it's just crazy how that
1: all ties just together away with yeah. how all
2: tied together so the top movies in north america number five the white cliffs of dover for 30 seconds over tokyo three since you went away two, meet me in saint louis and the number one film of 1944 was going my way it always. It's always funny to me how we do these top five films, and the, most of them are movies I've never heard of. Right. Um, Meet the me in St. Louis, we did. Yeah. The Oscars, these were the nominated for Best Picture. Wilson.
1: Yeah. <gasps> Ouch.
2: A biopic.
1: Aaron's original, man. fuck boy. Mm.
2: Since You Went Away. Gaslight. Double <gasps> Indemnity. And the winner was going my way. Now, for 1944, I went back into our archives. We've done Laura, Gaslight, Meet Me in St. Louis, and Double Indemnity, Mm -hmm. all from
0: 1944.
1: Wow, we love 1944. Those are all before my time. Yeah. They
0: were even before my time, dear. Really? That's new to me.
1: I was born in a different decade. So, those
2: that's just painting a picture of the world. And if you go in 1944's, you know, Wikipedia, oh my gosh, just I mean, like we think that the news is depressing this, you know, with all in 2020, 2021, 1944, it's just all war, it's all massacres, it's all. Jews being rounded up. It's just civilians dying, famine. It is just horrendous. So the, it makes sense that this, a movie this dark and yet this funny would come out. in Yes. This.
1: So I'm thinking as you read that, wow, did Frank Capra tie in the Brooklyn Dodgers because of that? No, because that hadn't happened to Jackie Robinson yet. Nobody knew who Jackie Robinson was. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, we are to reheat. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, oh, wait Christine. Wait. Oh, my. We have God. a very important
0: nerd alert. And I didn't realize this when I first watched the movie, but it's based on a true story. Ooh. So. I got a lot of info. I was introduced to a new podcast, which I will be listening to more of, called Serial Killers. To the point. Yeah, I mean, it is, yeah. Um, I liked it a lot. They did a two part on the, the woman I'm about to talk about from, and I think it was in July of 2018. So go back and listen to those. Um, but also from Murderpedia, but this is based on a woman named Amy Archer Gilligan, who was a serial killer. And we don't really know. There's like five for sure people that she murdered, but it's estimated that she killed anyone from 20 to 100 people. Oh my god. Most of the things I saw were about 40 to 48. Oldies. I saw 60. Yeah.
2: Amir.
0: I mean, Amir. That's a yeah.
2: lot of people.
1: And that's more people than listen to this show. Yeah. <laughs> it's more people than Dexter killed.
0: There are I think conflicting reports about her death. I mean her date of birth. Oh, okay. Not her death. She was definitely dead. Um, but the one that I went with, because I think it's the best and most fitting, is she was born on Halloween, 1873. October 31st,
1: 1873. Oh, my gosh.
0: Wow. And she lived until 1962.
1: Is that right? You could.
2: Wait. Well, is she? Is she was well, Joyce Heth? Is she involved with P.T. Barnum in any way? No, wait.
0: she did wait. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. 73. Oh she remained, Yeah, she died on April 23rd, 1962. Yeah. Um
2: Well, as we know from my 1619, 1650, uh, you know, math, yeah. not my strong suit, numbers. So yeah, she found. was I mean she
0: was almost a hundred.
1: So yeah, there wow. are there are Go people her out here who
0: are almost 100. Um, okay. She was born to James Dugan and Mary Kennedy in Milton, Connecticut. And she was eight, the eighth child of their ten. Oh, my 10 God. Ten kids. Just time to stop. But I guess birth control wasn't around yet. I don't think. Yeah,
2: and they get and, the, and your eighth kid does. Does the kid just drop out when it's ready?
0: I mean, how does it even I mean, stay in did, that long? How does it stay yeah. in that long? It no, just
2: like elasticity across. left. Yeah, just and there was time it just straightened the legs. It's leg like holding like, on. <laughs> like
0: I need more time. And yet there were two more that came after that. So yeah. Um. Okay. So then, you know, she grew up in Connecticut. There's not a lot known about her early life, so I don't know a lot about it because well, yeah, she's the eighth one. No baby book. Who cares? So she got married in 1897. Um, so that's that. She was pretty old to get married in that time, I guess. And she married a man named James Archer, and they had a daughter that same year, December. Like, wait a little bit, jeez. Um, she couldn't. She, she was old. <laughs> That's true. She was already in her 20s. But she she, little did did, she knows she'd live to be 100. <laughs> right. Um, I thought
2: okay. I had no time. I thought I had no time.
0: Yeah. So, um, I don't know what they did for a couple of years, but in 1901, they became caretakers for an elderly widower named John Seymour. And they moved into his home. Um, and Took care of him in his home, and his family ended up turning their the home into a boarding house for old people. And mm-hmm. this is around the times like uh, nursing homes weren't a thing because you just everybody right. lived in the same house. You got you grew up and you took care of your old aunt, your old relatives, and then you popped out more kids and they all lived together and nobody had any fun. So then around <laughs> this time was when people started <laughs> moving. People were like, fuck this. I got to get out of here. I'm going to go to where I can make more money. I got to go to the big city. I hear there's a place out west
2: where it gets to only be 70 degrees in the winter time. California.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So a lot of these, like, um, I I think it probably started in like farm towns where they're, you know, people were just like, I got to get out of here. I'm going to go live somewhere else. So then there became a need for like all these people were getting old and they were like, well, what the hell am I going to do now? I'm old. I don't have any to take care of me. So there was a demand for care for old people. But as you can imagine, there was, it wasn't regulated. It was just, yeah, anybody could take care of an old person. Right. You're willing to do that. Yeah. You were doing Dang. a good thing. Um, so that's kind of what was going on in this, in this boarding house for elderly people um, and they actually paid rent to stay there and take care of the elderly people. But then uh, they sold the house in, in 1907, the people who owned it. And so they moved and they bought their own house. Um, but her husband, James, died in 1910 mm-hmm. from just natural causes. So he just like, mm, Are died. we sure? Yeah, well, he just died. Um, mm-hmm. And she waited like three years. And then she married Michael Gilligan in 1913, who died um after three months of <laughs> of uh-huh. being married. Yeah. She uh-huh. was like, no, that didn't work out. Yeah. But keep in mind, okay, so those are just her husbands. That's how she got her name, Archer Gilligan. Okay. Uh, oh yeah. okay. Or her start is <laughs> Yeah. But she was all this other stuff was happening. I think they were both, you know, kind of in on this. Um, or maybe not. I don't know. It were her gateway drug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in 190 what did I say? Seven was when they bought the house. So in 1908, they were like, let's start a nursing home. Um. So they just had elderly people would come. She was like, you could come live here, and you can either pay seven dollars a week, or if you pay me a thousand dollars, I'll take care of you for the rest of your life. Oh, got it. So, like, some people, um, I don't know, what is $1,000 today? She's looking it up. Oh no, I was looking, okay,
2: I'll look it up, yeah. What
0: is $1,000 1908 today? Um, it's about $29,000 today.
3: Jesus.
0: Um...
2: So you pay twenty nine thousand yeah. dollars for the rest of your life.
0: Yeah, but that's the rest of your, You're gonna get cared for, taken care of for the rest of your life. And if you if you pay seven dollars a week, like who knows how long you live, you're gonna end up paying more. Well, like, after, after three or four years, I was
2: doing so. I did a <laughs> thousand. I know. I heard myself say that I'm doing math, so it's gonna be wrong. But I. This is what I did. We just need estimates. I did a thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And I divided that by seven. So mm-hmm. that comes out to round it up 143 weeks. So 143 weeks, divide that by 52, and it equals 2.75
0: years. Yeah, but like people were not going here. It's not like now where you wait until you're on like, you know. Well, I guess people go to nursing homes before they're on their deathbed. They go
2: to assist. Well, you go to assisted assist- living. Assisted living, yeah. So that's kind of yeah. what
0: this was like. Assisted living. So people would go here expecting to spend like a decade or so here. So right, a thousand. usually speaking, a thousand dollars is worth it. So you know, right? if you make it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so she had. I. It was either twelve or 15 rooms in her house 12 to 15 around that where people could live um and so it wasn't people would die shortly after being there like two to three years it's not like they were coming in and dying like a week after okay that was good on her part yeah sounds
2: like when their thousand dollars was up
0: right um three years like she had there's one woman that came i can't remember her name but they talk about her in the podcast she came and she was writing letters home to her daughter and being like, she's not taking care of me. Oh, and like they keep she keeps the rooms too cold or too hot or this or the other, and the daughter was kind of a bitch and was like, you're complaining about that? Like you have a place to live? Like you're complaining about this? I know. Um, one family did sue her in 1909 for lack of care but they sold it outside of court for $5,000. Oh, wow. A lot, but I mean, she, yeah, she's going through. Yeah, she's got, yeah. So she's got the money. Um, so. Uh,
2: there you was know what this story- is? This is like the equivalent, sorry, Deanie, of that movie um, that What's Her Face was just in where she becomes the, the one that's in charge of you. It's kind of like what Britney, like the con- oh, conservator.
1: Yes, 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 yes. Like when yes. she,
2: like, that's what they have now with people. It's Rosamund like, Pike. Yeah. The, um, I forget it's on Netflix, but that was her scam. Oh, so
1: getting, yeah. I saw yeah.
0: it. never watched it. Um, really good. It yeah. Was good. So, and then there was one story where, like, people came to check out the, a room to be like, you know, can we rent this room? But they were, they were like, there's somebody already living here. And she goes, they're not going to, it's not going to be occupied for that much longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so people started looking into her. Finally, somebody was like, started investigating her. But the problem was she was just like, really big Christian woman. She wouldn't go anywhere mm-hmm. without her Bible. And it was just like, how could this Christian white woman do anything wrong? Mm. So then reporters started looking into her purchasing habits and found that she was getting arsenic mm. from the pharmacy, which mm. she claims was to treat a rat problem. Exactly. Hey, I, got, I, got, I got rats. Mm-hmm. I, gotta get rid of... I think I smelled that. I rats. also thought it was funny that she was also they were also giving her morphine, which she took on the rig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. the rig. She's, she's so taking morphine. She's a. She's a. Dancer. This could so have been me. <laughs> would have. So they. I don't, don't want to see what you've gotten from Home Depot. <laughs> yeah, they arrested her on May eighth, nineteen sixteen. Um, but her trial was kind of a mess. It was a media circus. She was found. Well, I heard one thing is that one and one of the trials jurors couldn't understand the problem of arsenic. Like they couldn't understand what the arsenic was doing. So like they couldn't understand it. They had to start over, do another trial or something. She was in, she ended up, she was found guilty and sentenced to death by hanging. But eventually her lawyers found an issue where like they had brought up a piece of evidence or asked her about something that they weren't supposed to. A Brady violation. So a new trial was ordered and this time they pled insanity. Yeah. Um, but even then, like the, one of the people who had been spying on her, like had been had reported on her was like, no, she knows what she's doing. She's manipulated. She's a manipulator. She's not insane. Um, and she ended up admitting to second degree murder on July 1st, 1919 and was sentenced to life in prison. And began her sentence at the Weathersfield State Prison before them being moved to the Connecticut Valley Hospital and referred to as a state hospital then referred to as a state hospital for the insane. And she died there at the age of 94 in April 1962.
3: Wow. They said
0: mostly she sat in a chair dressed in a black lace trim a black dress trimmed with lace, a Bible on her lap, and prayed. Which is exactly how I imagine Abby and Martha yes exactly yeah. yeah but of course she escaped the death penalty and of course and yeah was it a
2: hospital for the criminally insane which mm-hmm. i get like i guess if you're if you're for um uh, uh what is it criminal like the like the, uh, the reforming reform. the prison, yeah. yeah then you're kind of like it's yeah. it's very easy to be like what she was a lot- but then it's like, you know, you gotta But it's like, that's how people should be law. treated, I guess. Yeah. You
0: know?
2: Yeah. Um, it just sucks that, like,
0: she gets that treatment yeah. because she's a white woman. She got woman. three
1: squares a day. She got... And, mm-hmm. you know, she, they're, she, they're
0: only doing this based off of one murder. Like, when right. they arrested her, it's like they're only charging her on one murder. They couldn't really prove that all these other people... I mean, they were able to find arsenic in some of the people's systems and stuff. But, like, it's not like she's being tried on 48 murders. Right.
2: I'm just saying, who knows? This is mere speculation. But, you know, that first husband, it's like, oh, he died of natural causes and stuff. And three years later, I sort of feel that it could have gone away. Imagine, if you will, where she knocks off the guy. And for three years, she's looking over her shoulder and then she's like, "Oh, got away with that." Then she marries yeah. homeboy. He doesn't last very long. Knocks him off, and then it's like, oh, "Okay, no, I they guess died." God she, it.
0: Well, no, they died. She started killing. The nursing home thing started in 1908, and her first husband didn't die until 1910. But I don't okay. so. But she definitely I, killed him. I mean, she definitely yeah. killed him. Yeah. yeah this is I mean, what I'm saying. Like, yeah.
2: yeah. The husband's so...
0: But there is a book now that I would like to read called The Devil's Rooming House by M. William Phelps about her. Ooh. Now just fascinated. Rooming. She wasn't a lot to look at. Did you see a picture <laughs> well, of her?
2: Yeah, that's why she needed to. Like, well, she She was the eighth kid she
0: looks kind of like me though which is sad (laughs) no she doesn't look anything like you i think so elf that's how i identify like a key elf like i she has kind of like a lazy eye like i do like you couldn't really tell unless you're her he doesn't have a lot of lips well, what well, so the that, teeny that's I mean, that's called being white, yeah, yeah. Oh. But like,
1: I okay, but
2: let, let me see again. Let me, well, let let see, that yeah, again. Let me see that picture again. It looks
1: nothing like, like our Christ.
2: Oh, what? no, no. Oh, no, she got She looks like her nose. nose has
1: been smashed in a couple yeah. times. Well, I don't have
0: her nose, but
2: not at all.
0: What but... eye do you think is lazy? Oh, I've, you can't tell, nobody else can tell except for me.
2: I think I have a lazy
0: eye myself as well. Yeah. yeah. Just one of them.
2: Yeah.
1: No. I, no. I think I'm really sure what is. But anyway. That's I have seen a lazy eye, madam,
0: and you have not a lazy eye. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. And yes, listen to the podcast, Serial Killers. Killers. Two My okay. episodes. They did a two-parter. It very good. Nice. So now we are to our
1: negative reheatables. Mm-hmm. I have a, a hat collection. You know the the killer's um, tokens, the trophies. Luckily, uh, all the men wore their hats. Yeah, but th- what's the name of the hat? I said fedora. It for- Fedora's, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Doctor Einstein saying, "Well, I was intoxicated <laughs> when I operated." <laughs> so that's definitely a negative i have elaine as a negative she like should have seen the writing on the damn wall i mean when he's totally ignoring her now this actually reminds a oh, way to me, be the victim blamer <laughs>
0: It's not very girl power of you
1: right it reminded me of oh, after right after 9 11 um, when we, you know, your, your dad was in the, um, Pentagon and we didn't know if he made it out. And then he comes home and all I want to do is hug him. And he is in total military mode.
2: Yeah, Got what to do. He
1: was just, in a
2: like that was combat. <laughs> the closest so he ever came to combat. Was going, that was a.
1: Got to yes. change into my fatigues. Got to go back to work. And all I want to do is hug him and say, thank God. You're, you're like, not. no, we need to, like. Oh,
2: my, you don't we need to even have a know. drink and, like, cry for a little bit. Exactly. Oh, no. <laughs> Guys, I went to go pick him up. He came out of a bush and came running into the car. I was like, this is a military. It was like, go, sense. go, go. And I'm like, all right, yes, we're at war. It was a military. Like, he was in training
1: military mode. There, was no, there were no emotions involved at all for uh, months. What year is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there's that too. 20 so, years. But that's that's what Cary Grant, in a very funny way, reminded me of. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was in military. Yeah. military. He was like, I got to get shit. this
2: shit. He yeah, was like, "This is out. a problem, and I have to fix it." And- However, and
0: I mean, I guess you could be adm- admirable of his family over everything, <laughs> or can you? <laughs> but Elaine didn't read.
1: I read the room. I figured mm-hmm. it out. I went, "Okay, I- I- I'm, I'm out. I'm removed from this." But Elaine kept coming back for more. It's like, read the room. Just g- either go away. Or go away for a while and then come back and test the waters. Because he's, mm-hmm. yeah, he's not able to think about you right now.
2: And. Which is, is but you could kind of get from her point of view because they did just get married. <laughs> if uh, if oh, more on a, that later. A
1: day where you expect it to be about a t- you. A touch of, yeah, a touch of emotion. Uh, and then my, my final reheatable is scalping we don't even need to bring up scalping.
2: Yes, but I did like how they brought it up oh. because because he, he Mortimer was he was telling the story about how he was like, "Oh, you heard about uh uh used the term Indians, like they would scalp people and he was like to to reiterate how his family was crazy. Came over on the Mayflower, they would scalp the Indians and it's yeah. like they're the ones that built this country." Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's and how fucked up this it. is right now.
2: Yeah, and then it kind of goes back to what my man said about this being about the history of America. I mean, he, he sprinkled in breadcrumbs, and America's just laughing at it, and meanwhile, it's like... Mm-hmm. Okay, other
0: reheatables? Um, Well we already kind of touched on mine italian guy being the foreigner yes mm. a jockey but i also had fedoras i hate fedoras i hate 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 them just i hate, don't wear don't wear them
2: just, i like them in the past in the time right yeah in right. these times now okay. when i see a fedora
1: it, it doesn't feels- it give you a very like bad feeling in your tummy
2: it's just somebody, you're just trying really, really too hard. Too hard.
1: Trying too hard.
0: Um, and then, I don't know if this is, I, I imagine, I've never had elderberry wine, but I imagine that it's sweet. Oh, yes. If they made it, I...
2: This is oh, a nice elderberry sleep aid that I have here. That's why I cracked up when it was oh, elderberry. oh.
0: Well, I just imagine the elderberry wine to be that they had to be like a sweet dessert wine, which I don't enjoy. Yes, a port, as it were. I didn't
2: realize that elderberry, I thought elderberry was made up for these sleep enhancing gummies that I have. (laughs) I didn't realize that
1: elderberry was a real thing. But oh. it's so funny elderberry at the elder hostel.
0: Yes, that's yeah, why I thought you yeah. made it up. It oh my like, god, that is funny.
2: It's I didn't a, it's think the about old people berries to help you sleep. I was but like, there wait, really are
0: elderberries. Baby. Yeah. yeah. Apparently. Real. they look like they look like blackberries, don't they? Uh, I think so. so or, yeah, or
2: elderberry wine. I'm guess See, to me when you hear something like that, if it was if it was awesome, it would be a thing now. You know what I mean? Well, oh, they look like a little
1: blueberries. Oh, okay. Because our landlords in Germany used to make The elderberry cooking. Pl- plum schnapps. Oh. And so when Poppy would go pay the rent, he could hardly get back up the steps. Because he, they the would schnapps. give him plum yeah. schnapps all the whole time.
2: Well, Einstein, Herman Einstein had his own schnapps, and then yes. when I went to Tokyo, somehow I found a German so restaurant weird. in Tokyo, and I went in, and you can imagine like a, a record scratch, but nobody was really in there. So I was, I went in, and then by the end of the evening. The owner is insisting I drink his licorice schnapps. And I did. And I don't know to this day how I was able to find my way back to my hotel because Tokyo has no street signs. That's not a a Western thing or a non Tokyo Japanese thing. Even if
1: they did, they would have been written in Japanese, which you wouldn't have been able to read. No,
2: but I had like my map and I would have been able to, to look at like match up symbols and stuff. But no. So after, that was After hilarious. all that and licorice schnapps? Uh,
1: yeah. I don't
2: think so. You just you just close one eye. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, anyway, yeah.
2: So, are those all your negative reheatables? Yeah.
1: I have
2: the way that Mortimer talked to women and especially his wife, but also I allowed it. Like, it didn't really bother me because his aunts were effing nuts. But how he talked to them, like just how he talked to all he talked down to all women. Yeah. You know. Um how is this not a Halloween classic? I know. yeah, yeah everybody... that is a negative. How have I never heard of this ever? Exactly. We've heard I've heard about this only from doing this movie and doing the particulars. Capra, Arsenic, and Old Lace. You know, um, Cary Grant, Arsenic and Old Lace, Steiner, Arsenic and Old Lace. You know, you go through like the guy, the editor. A lot of bona... like they. This movie would show up, but it, it isn't like I heard about it. In oh, it, this is one of those great classic movies that is really bonkers and nuts. And like I say, your mileage may vary. This may not be your cup of tea at all, and you may think that this movie is the worst movie ever. But not me.
0: Then yeah. you're boring. <laughs>
1: Actually, in the sixties, um, okay, I was a thespian, and this was a play that was really safe to put on for high schools. So every high school in the in the sixties put on *Arsenic and Old Lace* at one point. Oh, because it's like it was singing in the rain. Yeah, it's it was. Were you safe, in it? I was not, but I believe my sister
0: was. Was she one of was- the ands? No, hands? no,
1: we were never one of the
0: main characters. Um, she was like waiting in line to get married at the...
1: Yeah, something. But uh, yeah, I remember it from my my thespian days. Mm, interesting. interesting. Um,
2: Native Reheatable, Scars with Perpendicular Lines. Not good,
1: well, not, not
3: cool.
2: or not good uh, plastic surgeons. That is that that man did not know how to make a scar because I I have multiple scars on my body and none of them have perpendicular lines going through them. Although, well, we'll get to it in my good reheatables. Um. Also, I did put the just before I operated, I was intoxicated. That brings me to. On Peacock, I have yet to watch it, but Doctor Death. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, this so like this guy, Herman Einstein. Reminded these me are Doctor Death. I was just like, whoa, look at this guy. Um, Jonathan saying, "I'm Woodrow Wilson." I'm just like, again, this motherfucker. Can not he leave me alone? <laughs> Can't fuckboy Woodrow Wilson just leave me alone? No. He's going to be in everything we do from now on. I know. I, I'm still listening to the Edith podcast, though. It's, it is. I do like it. They um, anyway, were turning the grandfather's lab into an operating room when Jonathan comes home and he's just like, I'm turning grandfather's lab into an operating room. Okay. One, the assumption after all these years that, that, that the women left grandfather's lab. Yeah. intact like no yeah. that's like some sort of murder room now or no maybe that's where they made their arsenic I don't know maybe but that's the killing
1: room Martha we know that Jonathan is Jonathan he does look different because of his plastic surgery but he says Martha I see you're still wearing high collars to hide the mm. line of, of arsenic along your neck oh it was acid acid on your neck okay so um well there's a lot of trauma just there was a lot of trauma
2: also then the caucasity to think that einstein can do better a second time round (laughs) 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 which we'll get into that scene later because i have it in my Actually, I've been in my good reheatables, but I was just like, we're turning, remember dad, his crazy lab room? Yeah, we're turning into an operation room. I'm just like, there this is, no and nobody blinks. Yeah, that's not <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, germs. This is why this is why people don't understand to this day about germs, hygiene, the differences in viruses. It the Uh, Science, scientists, I feel your pain. You are seen. I understand how angry you are. And in 2021, the lack of scientific literacy in this world is astounding.
1: I came up with one more as you were talking. Yes. To call someone Einstein. (laughs) (laughs) Or Einsteinic. That was Aaron's way of putting down her brother mm. whenever she could. Whenever well, he did. He also did something, said it to me. Only because he learned it from you. <laughs> yeah,
2: because we weren't allowed to say uh, rightly so. Stupid. We weren't allowed to say stupid. We weren't allowed to call people dumb. But when like, you know, people would do something and it's but we'll get into it later with another of my reheatables. But you, when you wanted to put down a sibling, you get creative in what you're allowed to say. And so I would be like, yeah, Einstein. Hey, Einstein. Or But a lot of times I would be, I wouldn't call him Einstein. I would say, oh, that was Einsteinic.
1: Well, you did change it. You did change it up. But it was so harsh when you would go something Hey Einstein, because he would say something that wasn't maybe, you know, the 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 sharpest tool in the shed comment to make at the time, and she would come right back with Einstein, and it would be really hard not to crack up at the
0: <laughs> at
1: that was the funny fact that she and was able to do that in a way but then to look at his little crushed self going oh she thinks i'm stupid so but it was it was funny i feel bad about that now but like at the like no, you know.
2: did, everybody <laughs> know, everybody <laughs> it, it was i was it, going for the joke i was mortimer trying to we be we were funny. always going for the joke exactly in this yeah. family yeah this family's always done he's the gotten joke. it in You run it. This is. I mean, we'll get we'll get to in the good reheatables because we are in peak bush sibling season, as I call it. Yes, this is peak sibling season for the year. And he jumped into it as he has never before. Oh, he just went two feet in. I was like, all right.
1: Yeah, I've never heard. I've got forty-one years of ammo. If you wanna go. (laughs) Okay, so now we
0: are to our positive reheatables.
1: Christine, positive reheatables. Oh, I'm going
0: to go first. Okay. Um, I don't know which sister it was, but one of them had a really great walk. Oh, the little, the little, uh, like the twinkle toe? toes. Yeah. yeah. The tippy
1: toe run. The tippy toe run.
0: mm mm-hmm. Um, I love old-timey Halloween costumes. Yes. The, those little kids came trick-or-treating. They're so scary. <laughs> jonathan's voice it reminded me of professor snape yes oh he uh was very Uh snape-ish um i don't know why this isn't in my quotables but when he did because there was a lot of things like this when he called him mr witherfork and then he picked up that he said witherspoon and he picked up the spoon on the table um i liked their house um I liked that they did let Teddy be himself. Yes. Then and be what we wanted to be. And then window seats. I mean, window seats are a great idea. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Sit at the window, look outside, store storage underneath.
1: Yep. Yeah. Lots of storage, enough to hold a body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those were my positives. Karen. I have the
2: Dodgers. Yeah. Um at first they were the Brooklyn Trolley Dodgers and now they are my doyers. Yes. Because they're the only team in LA that I root for. That I'm like, yeah, I'm a Dodgers fan. The, the Nationals, I like the Nats, but see, I I had already left the DMB when the Nats came. So growing yes. up all I heard, like, everybody around me that was local was an Orioles fan, and when I was growing because I'm actually, honestly, I'm not really a big baseball fan, um, but when I was growing up, we would go back to Cincinnati, so I, was, I would go to Reds games, so I wasn't going to be an Orioles fan, so I was a Reds fan, in the sense that I was just like, oh, do you like baseball? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, the Reds. And then, moving to LA, that, like, that's, that's the one team that I'm, that is here that I'm like, yeah, I'm Dodgers. And it's also because they were the Brooklyn Dodgers and Jackie Robinson. And so I'm just like, yeah, I I like the Dodgers. And the, I mean, Dodger stadium, Chavez ravine, sad history that they made so many people move and leave, but it is a beautiful ballpark. (laughs) I mean, both things are true. Um, So it was just great to see the Dodgers, even though it was Dodger slander, because if you'll notice... And that's 1944 humor that I think goes over people's heads. But they made it out that... Because it was Halloween. So that's in October. The season's over. Yeah. And that was to imply that the only way that the Dodgers could win was um, for it to be at, like, Halloween. So it's kind of like a, yeah, pigs fly kind of thing. But joke's on you. haha. ha um, Brooklyn...
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, she, yeah. we That's love our Brooklyn. Great. Um a Mortimer's book, Marriage, a Fraud and a Failure. <laughs> also, okay, here's a thing that I found interesting. Why haven't the pinch on glasses sunglasses? Like just no, just like glasses, like the a, like uh. A oh, I thought that, I think maybe as like we get older, maybe, well, I, I actually, as I'm saying it out loud, I'm hearing the flaw in my logic. Cause I was thinking like, oh, that would be a thing to come to combat like blue lens filters for young people. And then instead of having to carry glasses, they could just, you know, pinch them on their nose and it filters out the blue light for computers and stuff. And then I was like, oh, but young people are active and they're out, so then oh they want God. the glasses to keep it on. And then I was like, oh, but old people, it would be good for them. But then I'm like, no, they're old because they have the sedentary life. But then I'm like, no, they're old. Their eyes are bad, so they need thicker lenses. So, I guess I just answered my own question.
0: I think um, that the style, the shape, has come back in style. But you're right; they've needed the legs on them.
1: However. At the time of the sister, the aunties, they would have had their glasses on a silver chain and it would have been, uh, because I have my Aunt Margie's, and it was on the the end of a silver chain and you would flip something and the other lens would come out, so it's like a necklace yeah. Yeah, the lens comes out and then you just put it on and then it's like your your mask holder teeny you always have your glasses with yeah. you it's like an accessory in fact I, I thought of looking into having my glasses lenses made into those old glasses that I could do that but I have to wear mine all the time so it wouldn't yeah. really work
2: see and that was what I was saying like what it, it with so, but maybe it will work with like younger people because they're always on the computers and screens uh-huh. to filter out the blue light. That's what I'm saying. Uh-huh. That might be... Guys, just, uh-huh. just saying, that might be an idea. Uh-huh. Um, community policing. Uh-huh. Oh, you know, O'Hara, and they were always walking uh-huh. around and stuff. Of course, it was the nice area. And of course, cast... That these are the people that they're protecting from, and then it's yes. hilarious because these are the murderers. Right. Like they're, you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're walking around making sure nothing's happening to these people, and meanwhile, these are the people that they <laughs> that we, the rest of us with darker skin, need to be protected from. These people. Um, we we mentioned Elderberry, but that was just a joke for me. Peter Laurie, hilarious. Oh my
1: God.
2: Just the way he says his lines and stuff. He he had the most lines that made me laugh out loud of he how was he hysterical. would say things. Um, Jonathan. Okay. I would hold off on the second plastic surgery, Jonathan, because you really pull off the Boris Karloff
1: face. He did.
2: Better than Boris Karloff himself. Yes, he did. He just had the disposition to rock that face. I'm like, don't fix it. Lean into it, my guy. And, you know, spoiler alert, he's a serial killer himself. That's a serial killer face. But I guess that's why he wanted it changed, because it's... It was telegraph. It was kind of an audience g- giveaway, yeah. Um Frank Capra doing Capra things, like just shots where at one point Mortimer's on the phone and it's behind the banister, so it's like he's behind bars. Um, the scene that made me laugh probably the har- one of the hardest was when they were trying to move the body of Spinoza. And they're going, they bring the body in and they oh. move the steps and they close the door.
1: And then you just hear all of this crash. Yeah. Oh, that was, I, I laughed out loud at that. That was.
2: Oh yeah. my gosh. And then also the shadow scene when yep. Um, Jonathan is pressuring Einstein and it's
1: just his shadow that's pressuring him. I'm like, ah, oh, that is so good. But just isn't that in Boris Karloff movies? You only saw Boris Karloff's shadow Like in The Mummy and all of his movies, that was done a lot.
2: Well, it also reminded me because, you know, Peter Lorre was in M, which was for slang, and that was German expressionistic, uh, that kind of thing. And so those shadows and a lot of the stuff with the doors and stuff reminded me of German expressionism stuff. Mm. Yeah. And my final good reheatable, which I alluded to earlier... Because you think about it, you got your aunts, you got your Jonathan and Mortimer. So, siblings, am I right?
1: Yeah.
2: That's true. Yeah. The relationships of siblings and all of that. Because aunts are nothing but siblings removed, you know? True. Like, so it's just all of that. Like, you, you know, simply like that. This is peak time for, because, my brother was born before me in the calendar although I'm older. You were both due on the same day 4 years apart. Yes, yeah, so when it gets to be around July it's always like oh I got to But meanwhile in my mind like when I see
1: July 15 hit I'm like ooh birthday month for me. she <laughs> starts with birthday month and my but- Adam is always he's always
2: but I always, but I, 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 but I'm like, you oh, give okay.
1: him his day.
2: Exactly. I, I'm like, oh, but, it, but then here's the thing.
1: Listeners
2: to, to be let in. People are always asking me though. what because you ask him in June what he wants, you know, cause to allow for mail times. And then it's always like, oh hey, what are some ideas? What are some ideas? And you know how it is when people ask you and you don't have any ideas? And then you come across something where you're like, Oh, I have a legitimate idea. And you let the family know. And when do you get shot down with? Oh my gosh, asking for things before my birthday is
1: even like it, then it becomes a whole thing. Like you offend your sibling and you didn't even mean to. It's but the then first you're like, Excuse me. never come back at it. Mm. I mean if he if he counted the number of your birthdays we've spent at the beach and the number of his birthdays we've spent at the beach.
2: Well, it, I mean I, we <laughs> did spend last like that that was we did spend last year's god <laughs> we spent it last year he just wasn't there
1: we decided we would finally spend Adam's birthday at the beach and then COVID hit <laughs> and we were at the beach <laughs> and he wasn't so there was that Okay, my positive reheatables, definitely the crash down the steps.
3: Oh, I mean, th-
1: it was hysterical. The whole Boris Karloff uh, gag the yeah, entire that was time. Good. Well,
2: guys, here's a tasty nugget. You know, Boris Karloff was on the Broadway
1: play. Yeah. yeah. I'll get into why he wasn't in the movie in the tasty nugget. Exactly. The creak of the window seat. Because even if you're not in the room, you hear the creak of the window seat and you know, oh my God, somebody's seen a dead body. There was suspense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was suspense with the elderberry wine. There was suspense with the creak of the of the window seat. <laughs> there was suspense in this. The shadows. I love the shadows. And then the cheaters, the sunglasses cheaters. That's hilarious okay so we are to quotables there were so many um in this movie this is a tasty nugget before tasty nugget time but um oh. there was sexual tension between mortimer and i uh elaine because they had just been married so that meant that they were free to have sex they had never had that before exactly Damn, ri- but, you I can't mean, do that before you get married.
2: In the movies, but in real life, like people were, like th- th- thats the haze code of like this is what we want people to do, so this is what we're gonna show. But in real life, I don't like people are people. You're gonna tell me that
1: before the sixties, it was only bad girls that had sex before they got married. <laughs>
2: But that's what you were told and stuff. I'm telling you a human. Yeah, it's true. It's true. You know, it's
1: true. But they were asked to tame down their sexual tension because it was obvious. They were, they were ready for their, their nighttime festivities. I want to see the goods I bought. (laughs) And so (laughs) at one point Mortimer and I, Elaine are behind a tree and she goes, but Mortimer, you're gonna love me for my mind too. And Mortimer goes, one thing at a time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there are so many. I have a lot of quotables. There, there are so many. many.
1: I stopped at at yeah. a few because I, there were too many. I have it. Uh, somebody was a honey of a lunatic. That's a good one. Um, when the sisters are explaining. Because Mortimer saw the dead body in the window seat. The gentleman died because he drank some wine with poison in it. Yeah, that was good. It's just what happened. And then there was a cat. And and at one point, the cat came screaming out of the basement. And Mortimer goes, even the cat's in on it. Mm -hmm. And my last one that I wrote is, we got a hot stiff on our hands. Yeah. <laughs> because there were two stiffs that they were trying... Yeah. Different people were trying to deal with two different stiffs. And we time. never saw a dead body. No. We never saw a dead body. We only heard about a dead body. And saw I... Morgan's reaction to
0: a dead body. Yeah. I had their method. I wrote... Um, they said, for a gallon of elderberry wine, I take one teaspoonful of arsenic, then i half a teaspoonful of strychnine... And then just a pinch of cyanide. Exactly. And it works perfectly every mm-hmm. time. Hmm.
1: I would have been dead. TD loves her um, recipes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Love a good recipe.
1: <laughs> oh, you didn't write this
0: one down, did you? you I love a glass of wine. So <laughs> I would have been dead in no time.
2: You <laughs> absentmindedly tasting yeah. it. Oh, I made a horrible mistake. <laughs> and then my brother gets framed for it. Yeah, of course. Of happened. course,
1: the black dude's going to jail.
2: Yeah, he just walks in. And he's like,
1: shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty to go to jail. Looks like some, looks like the same suckers get married every day. <laughs> yeah, that's what I say. Um, I guess they were in, I guess this is where they were in Brooklyn. In the nice neighborhood. Of course. This neighborhood just stinks of atmosphere.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Yours kind of stinks of atmosphere as well.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of stinks, especially at this time. <laughs> yeah. Um we've always wanted to have a double funeral. Yeah.
2: <laughs> goals. Hashtag goals.
0: Um when he said insanity runs in my family, it practically gallops. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then this is a contender for my quote of the year. Oh snap Um it's gonna be hard to beat depression is for white people, but <laughs> oh that is a great one. But I can't pull myself together without a drink. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yes.
1: Bravo! Mm -hmm. Bravo. That's my quote for the
2: pandemic. Okay. The pandemic. Sure, ma. (laughs) Oh, I kid. I kid. It's (laughs) it's mine as well. Hey, hey, look, I'm going to chip off the old block. I'm going to chip off the old block. (laughs) All right, I had, oh, and he thought he was Teddy Roosevelt. He was like, so what? There's a lot worse guys he could think he was, which, yeah, imagine if they were yeah. Wilson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Okay, this also goes into a bit of a nerd alert. The stairs are always San Juan Hill. Yes. So this is where I do my nerd alert about San Juan Hill and Teddy Roosevelt. Just because I thought, I think I think it's very interesting and it may have not been something that was taught in school. But San Juan Hill, that refers to a major battle in the Spanish-American War. So that was a war that was fought between the United States and Spain. It was July 1st, 1898, in Cuba. So that's where it took place. Because when I thought San Juan Hill, I thought Puerto Rico. I thought Rico.
1: Puerto Rico, where we nah, were. It
2: was Cuba. So the Rough Riders... Who were led by Teddy Roosevelt. Um, that's why he was like charged because he was a Rough Rider and he went there. But to go back first, so what is this? Why why is the Spanish American War a thing, and why is it important? Well, it started when the USS Maine was sent down to Cuba to I believe the Havana Harbor. It was sent there to protect United States interests in Cuba during their War of Independence. So there, Cuba was having a war of independence. The U.S. had interest. They sent the USS Maine down there. Um, And then it exploded when it was at the harbor. So then that became a rallying cry. Remember the USS Maine. Remember the Maine. Because William Randolph Hearst, who, you know, his life was fictionalized in Citizen Kane. He had all these newspapers and stuff. In his newspapers, he said it was the Spanish who were to blame. And that's when the term yellow journalism comes about. Uh And yellow journalism Uh is when newspapers that present little or no legitimate, well-researched news, while instead using eye-catching headlines for increased sales. So go on, but say Fox News again when you're
0: done. Yeah. I
2: mean, so this is all stuff that even though it happened in 1898, you know, the playbook is yeah. has the playbook there the plays are there. People go yeah. in history and then they rehash them because that became a thing. So it was, oh, the the Spanish blew up the main. Mm-hmm. Turns out though that most likely the coal used in the main to power it, was bit bitaminius, which is also known for releasing fire damp, a mixture of gases composed primarily of flammable methane that is prone to spontaneous explosions. So the main probably exploded because... Um, Somebody you know, farted? Well, you, well, no, the like the coal that they used was unstable where science hadn't gotten to where it is now. Like it was just starting to, it was just all it knew was,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody, farted, somebody
2: farted and there was all this flammable fire damp in the air and it exploded the USS Maine.
0: You and had then, the nerve, I'm sorry, you had the nerve to come at Adam when he was little and this is why he was <laughs> learning learning his jokes from. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. That's exactly right, Christine. Exactly right. I should have been the Einstein in the family. Yes.
2: Except um, except you you kind of couldn't be the Einstein because you might be right. Like <laughs> this is highly flammable and highly unstable gases here. So some that's why I laughed because somebody, like, yeah, somebody could have farted and that's what ignited the main. We don't know. Oh, um, so, so that's so then that led to him, and he was, and so that's why he yells charge when he goes up the hill, and that's San Juan Hill. But then, furthermore, with Teddy Roosevelt, like, Teddy Roosevelt was a fascinating this guy, so. Then later in life, after he was president, I think, um, this guy who claimed the ghost of assassinated President William McKinley. So there's this guy. He gets visited by the ghost of assassinated William McKinley. Tells him, hey, you need to kill Teddy Roosevelt. So Teddy Roosevelt gets shot during a campaign speech. And the bullet lodged into his chest after it penetrated steel eyeglasses case and a 50-page-thick copy of a speech he had in his coat that was called Progressive Cause Greater Than Any Individual in His Jacket. So he gets shot. It goes through both those things and the, just lodges it in his chest. And then Teddy Roosevelt was an avid hunter, amongst other things. Like, seriously, w- read Teddy Roosevelt's Wikipedia page. The guy, There's so much to dissect. <laughs> he was an avid hunter, so when he realized he wasn't coughing blood, he was like, oh, it's not that serious. And then went on to deliver a 90-minute speech with a bullet lodged oh in his God. chest. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> this guy thinks he's Teddy Roosevelt. Okay. Um, that's that nerd alert. It, it, it's nuts. Um, and my other quotables were... Wait, uh, can I just say,
0: you said Fox News. Yes. Yes. I just saw a thing. They were they've been spreading like anti-vaccine rhetoric on Fox News, and they had a guest on there that said there's no reason to get right now, no clinical reason to get vaccinated, but every Fox News host is vaccinated. Exactly. Yeah. As is their biggest asshole. They're, they're yeah they're, back there mm-hmm. sorry go on you're your next alert
2: no because that. i mean that is what what has always happened and what continues to happen is that people have objectives and they have games that they're playing and so they will mm-hmm. do whatever they need to do to go about doing it right um so oh I, do you want to okay this was this This line reading of Cary Grant made me laugh so hard when he, he falls over the chair and he comes back. It it just felt, I felt so seen in this scene. How he's like, just the way that he is just trying to hold it in and trying just to be nice while explaining. This is, I feel like this is people who have been vaccinated trying to talk to their family members (laughs) who are unvaccinated. How he's just like, do you want to be murdered? Do you want to be killed? Hmm. Now, I don't know how I can explain this to you. <laughs> it's not only against the law. It's wrong. <laughs> it's not a nice thing to do. <laughs> like he says, it cracked me up. Um, and then Einstein. Okay, so when Einstein, they're doing that whole scene. And Jonathan's basically like, "Yeah, this time though, let's, uh, you know, let's tighten up your game a little bit." And Einstein goes, "And on the eyes, I'll do a schmeck. It's my specialty." (laughs) (laughs) And that scene made me laugh because that's the scene that I have with myself when I cut my own hair. (laughs) It's basically the well, last time, and like, hey, remember last time this is what happened, remember? And then the other half of me is going, I'm going to do my, the schmeck, the specialty. I got it all under control. And then I take another swig of a drink. And I was like, I was a little too intoxicated last time. <laughs> this time I'm fine. And then I I hold up my my shaky right hand and I'm like... Uh, no i hold up my still left hand and i'm like look calm and then i hold up my shaky (laughs) right hand i'm like this is what i cut my hair with and it's that scene is oh that is me cutting my hair um and then einstein when he realizes that that there's a hole for the body he's like that's hospitality (laughs) um and then Mortimer, when he's when his wife has come to him basically saying, like, your brother tried to strangle me. Yeah. What is going on? And then he's on the phone and he just goes to I can't hear the man. That movie. I lost it. <laughs> he was just like, I'm talking to a man, woman.
1: Exactly.
2: <laughs> She's like, I was. Your brother had his hands around my neck and was choking out my life. I can't hear the man that is talking to me. Your near
1: death experience has nothing to do with what I'm doing right now. Yes.
2: And then finally, when Jonathan, who is Mortimer's brother, comes back, and and he's like, oh, Jonathan is just seething and stuff. And Mortimer has so many issues. And then he just, like, comes up to Mortimer and he just goes, I've led a strange life, Mortimer. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, your sibling just comes back looking like Boris Karloff with, like, perpendicular scar lines. And he's basically, like, towering over you going, talking about how he's led a strange life. I was
1: chilling. Chilling. This so. movie must be seen. Guys, please, just watch it. Okay, those were our quotables. So now we are to LVP.
2: Yep. I'll go first. Okay. okay. My LVP is Elaine. Just because the way High five, the sister. way that she was that she was like I understand all of the things that we've said. Again, in Mortimer is my soul beast, my Patronus, if you will, in a movie, I'm just like, man, that guy, I really feel yeah. him. But then the way that, that she just kept coming back, and she was yes. very whiny and stuff, yes. and it was one of those things, like you said, Ma, like to read the room, like you either like realize, oh, he has to take this, and I'm gonna go and do something else and let him deal with this. I'm gonna go by myself. Yeah, or... No, I need more from a relationship. No, I'm, yes. I'm worth more than this. All right. B- and bounce. Yes. Like her her character was whew. oh, it was just tough. It yeah. was just tough to see a woman. I was like, girl, you are worth more than that. Unless yes. you
1: know more, but whew. And, and that's later well. When you get perspective and you see what he was going through. If you can then go, okay, I can excuse that. Mm-hmm. Then you can come back. If not, then go find yourself somebody who's going to be there for you, no matter what's going on. I personally didn't do that. So. And Christine, your LVP. Mm-hmm.
0: I guess unpopular opinion. Mortimer. So, you know what? I can, the worst <laughs> husband ever. Get the fuck out of here. You guys are just victim blaming. I could... She's being mentally abused. And it's Agreed. her fault. Agreed. He clearly proposed to her and was like, let's get married. Yes. And then they go there and he's like, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do yes. it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's why she needs to bounce. That's not That's the clue yeah, number life. one. She loves him. Yes. And then he's just, I don't know, just so dismissive of her. Yes. I don't see how you can blame this on her. It's him. It's a him problem, not a her problem. So Mortimer is my LVP. No,
2: I respect that. I'm just I saying that do Elaine,
0: too.
2: Elaine deserves more. It's one of those situations. Yeah, but maybe she's oh. going to get it now.
0: Now, She's going to get it. They're going to go into off. Maybe they're going to go off onto her, onto their honeymoon and they're going to be all fine, I guess. Or she's probably going to leave him. Yeah. Cause he's, he, well, it's he probably going to happen. Cause it's right. probably going to happen. They're going to go on their honeymoon and he's, they're going to come back and he's going to cheat on her. Yeah. Or he's a drama critic. He likes drama. She's, a Or he's my baby That's his fault.
1: Or he's going to come back and be so wrapped up in the whole family stuff that she's always going to have a second seat in the situation. So, you know, there we have it. (laughs) Oh,
2: So I guess you two are taking
1: the rest of this podcast. (laughs) Okay. I agree, Christine. I agree. Mind my, my LVP well, was. Okay, go ahead, Ma. Murder. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's then it. there's that. <laughs> I,
2: was, I could see. I could see how it's just that I wanted more for Elaine. That's why I put her as yes. my LVP. It was more yeah. of an aspirational thing. Like you can make the question like the real MVP is Jonathan because he's also a serial killer, comes back, just obviously has not learned anything and is wants to just kill his brother wants to kill his brother's wife you know but he, he, his weirdness made me laugh I mean he brought along Peter Lorian's gonna have his face operated on in the grandfather's laboratory turned operating room again by the guy out drunk off schnapps who can't put the schnapps away so I was just like ah like, he's a lost cause Elaine, yeah. you, you, you can do better
1: okay we are to MVP I have
2: runners up. I have honorable yeah. mentions. I do
1: too. Peter Laurie. Yes, he I mean, was my honorable
2: mention as oh well. Oh my
1: god! Uh, the in, completely, yeah, okay. My He's so
2: funny and his weird looking eyes. Yes. That are so and the scene where they're giving the description of Jonathan's accomplice, uh, and he's yeah. like, he has the bu- the pop-out eyes, he thinks he's <laughs> a doctor, he's a drunk, Can't he loves schnapps, he has a German accent, and <laughs> Peter Lorre's just sitting, just like, oh, well, the he's pretty much is like up. this. Yeah, he's just waiting, and then they're like, oh, you may go, and he, he's just like, oh, I may go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I may go. Okay, uh another runner up is Cary Grant's physical humor. Mm. Because he's able to tumble in the chair. But my MVP is Cary Grant's facial expressions.
2: I mean, we had the same because my MVP is Cary Grant. I thought that this is, and again, this could be this is a mileage may vary situation, but I thought his performance was hilarious. I it was did too. So over the top. It was supposed to be over the top. His, but the, ta- the Tasty Nugget, he thought it was too over the top. Right. And this was one of his least favorite performances that right. he gave. But I loved it because in my mind, that's like always my reactions. And he's a drama critic. So he, his reactions would be over the top. But just all of his facial things. um. When he tries to explain to his aunts why they can't kill, that's hilarious. When he goes and sits on the stairs, how many times has that been me in my life where, where like there's just things and I just go and I'm just muttering to myself and the, the fight is just going on? I was just like, I related to that so much um, when he's, tr- he's just trying his best to solve a problem that he didn't create. And then, of course, you know, there's no excuse to the way that he treats Elaine, but he is just in, he is, he has this, he has bodies. Like they're bodies that he has to give. 12,
1: as a matter of fact.
2: Yeah, 12. Um, and then twice he breaks the fourth wall. The first is when he like looks it up and then he looks direct, like the fourth wall is the camera and he looks directly at the camera. And usually that's Mm -hmm. a no, no, you're not supposed to do that, but it works so well because you're the audience and you're right there with him and he's looking at you like, and you're both going, what the fuck to each other. And he does it another time that it totally works. Um, and then he how he's like, another one. He's basically DJ Khalid before. <laughs> and another one. Like that's where he got it from. He was just so funny to me. He was I thought he was perfect in this role. It was like he, t- and then when, cause we remember how we did bringing up baby and he was such a nerd Yes. and it was Catherine Hepburn that was going off. And then in this, he's just, just writing the, and you're just like, oh, wow. Like he was so good at comedy. Yeah.
1: Agreed.
0: Christine, I loved- your MVP. I loved, I agree with all of yours. My runner up was my boy, Teddy.
3: Yeah. Teddy was
0: great when he kept the char like charging up the sea c- the stairs. Um, he totally term- committed. Bully. Oh, yes. bully! <laughs> oh, yes, bully, 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 bully. Um, but my MVP were the Brewster Sisters. I thought they were so
1: good <laughs> because I was thinking, um. I have a sibling who's a sister. Um my in-laws uh, ha, there were three sisters always. and sisters don't always get along real well. And these two got along so well, I think, because they murdered people. they were both in the midst of the murder, and so that's where their whatever tensions they might have might have gone. but yeah, they were totally into the murder for kindness. They they didn't do it. Yeah, they were doing, doing a good thing.
0: They were doing a service. Exactly. And when they were, like, fighting over, like, arguing over who had killed more people with. Right, right. It was so, so sibling-ness. Yeah.
1: I thought they were great. They were my MVP. I did love the little tippy-toe-runny thing mm-hmm. that Abby did.
3: Yeah,
2: that's one of those things where it's it's the baggage that you bring to something because they are great, but then it's ah, just uh it's,
1: you know oh <laughs> so we are to recasting.
3: <laughs> and I did two. Do
1: one. I did two. I just Thanks did for doing one. Mine. I did Mortimer, Elaine, Martha, Abby, Jonathan, and Einstein. Oh, wow. I only did Mortimer, Elaine, Teddy, Abby, and Martha. I didn't do Teddy. So my first one, my Mortimer. Now, okay, Bill Hader. Yeah, he would be a good Mortimer. Comic timing. Yeah. So Elaine is Kristen Bell. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, but uh, but I the thing with Elaine like Kristen Bell as Elaine would have been like, all right, I'm out. You know, yeah, like the part with she would yeah. I
1: mean, honestly, Elaine is an underwritten part. I totally agree. Totally agree. So everybody I have for Elaine is like just an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Martha, the one with the high collar. Oh, Martha had the high collar. Okay, Maggie Smith. Yes, I thought the same. My Abby is Kathy Bates. Yeah, mm. that that's pretty good. My Jonathan. Although,
2: Kathy Bates would probably take a little bit umbrage. She'd be like, oh, you think I'm sisters with Maggie Smith? <laughs> Excuse
1: me? There, I mean, she could have been the first versus the eighth.
2: Yes, yes. Okay. Definitely.
1: My Jonathan is Ted Danson. Yeah,
2: I could see that. Yeah, that's
1: good. My Einstein is Steve Martin. Steve Martin is... (laughs) Yeah. He might have come in with the arrow on his head. (laughs) Okay, so do you want me to go into my other cast, or do you want to do yours now? You can do your other one. Okay, so my Mortimer is Damon Wayans. Oh, okay. Gotta have comic timing. Okay, so my Elaine, which is an underwritten just part, mm-hmm. is Natalie. Um, wait. Natalie Emmanuel. She was in Game of Thrones. Yes, I know you're talking. She's about. She's just beautiful. That's all you mm-hmm. care uh, care about. Um, my Martha with the high high neck is Lynn Whitfield. Mmm. My Abby is Alfrey Woodard. This yeah. Is a totally different vibe on this. On it this is movie. also
2: it's just the, the that this would have just been like the cops would have just shut this
1: down. Immediately. Okay, just like, give like, me just... give me my moment. Give me my moment. Because my Jonathan is Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. And of course, my Einstein would then be Kevin Hart. Yeah. <laughs> a totally different vibe yeah. of the
2: movie. Yeah. I Ooh. I do that. Okay. So my this was the first person that I cast. Actually, I'm going to I'm going to go backwards. Okay, okay. So my Martha is Judy Davis, who's an Australian actress. Oh my I, gosh. She's fantastic. Yes,
1: yeah, she played She's Judy
2: she was big in the '90s and then she I don't know she most recently she was in that um the thing with uh the feud with the two actresses and she was one of the she was one so uh, either she, Hopper or or Parsons yes yes, yes 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 in that um my Abby is Christine
1: Baranski. Mm. Did you see it the last the good no, fight?
2: I haven't seen it yet.
1: Oh my god! Oh my god!
2: Uh, My Teddy is Nick Offerman. Yes, totally. My Elaine, this is a little bit beneath her, but I I went with the the vibes. Florence Pugh. Okay. And then I recast Mortimer. This is the first that I recast because what he was doing, there was one thing when he went out with the cab and he had his, no, it was the hat. When he put on the, the murderer's hat, and, he, and they were like, oh, Mortimer, and he's like, what? And he was like, you're wearing the dead man's hat. And he, Cary Grant just gives a like, woo, like it's very cartoonish and takes it <laughs> off. And that to me reminded me so much of a Liz Lemon move that I was yes. like, Mortimer is Tina Fey.
1: Okay. Like, this, I was the- trying to do a, a gender flip, but I was like, no, that's... There were so many things that, that Carrie Grant's character did that I'm
2: like, oh, I feel like Oh, yeah, Liz Lemon would have completely yeah. done that. And then yeah. I just really wanted to see like, oh, Tina Fey as like, you're mur- like, her aunts are murdering all of these people. And then that's I couldn't true. really figure out like the, so I just went with it. But it wouldn't, that would have been hilarious me
1: because i didn't want the ants to be uncles because you kind of assume that men are serial killers
3: mm-hmm.
2: i
1: wanted it to still be old really nice old women that were the serial killers it was
2: just like tina fey christine baranski and judy davis sign me
1: up oh my gosh true okay so we are two tasty nuggets I have often said Cary Grant felt that his performance was over the top and he blamed Frank Capra because Capra kept wanting him to go over the top.
2: Well, usually before Frank Capra, it would be his over the top and then they would do takes to like reel it in. But, and this is like a, a tasty nugget, so this movie was completed in early 1942. But it wasn't released until 1944, and it was held up because of a contractual agreement not to distribute the film until the play's Broadway run was over. Right. So this movie was being filmed, and they were only allotted eight weeks to get this done. And Frank Frank Capra had um, already—because, you know, the Japanese had already attacked— Pearl Harbor in December of 41. So Frank Capra knew that he was going to report to duty. He had things that he had to do. He had only eight weeks to get it done. So he didn't have the usual leeway of being allowed to retake. And he also had like editing rushes because, you know, everybody was, it was war effort. Everybody had to, he had to go off and make why we fight so that people would sign up for the military and fight and stuff. So that's why, they just went with it. And it's just like, there was no time to raid him in,
1: which I'm glad for. Oh, me too. Yeah. He kept promising Cary Grant and the studio, somebody in the studio thought he was over the top that they would reshoot those scenes, but they didn't, they didn't have time. Um, Boris Karloff really wanted to play the part. Because he had it on Broadway, but Broadway would not release him to do it. Well, because all the other people.
2: So the aunt Teddy were Uh released to go do it. And Boris Karloff was, was Boris Karloff. He was a big draw. And he was also one of the backers. He was an investor in the stage production in the main draw. So he couldn't leave for eight weeks to leave Broadway because people wanted to come see him play this role. And he was also had a financial investment. So they took those three and Karloff stayed so that people would still go to see, you know, the play.
1: What's the answer to every question? Money, 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 money. But they had proposed that Humphrey Bogart could Mm -hmm. play the part of Jonathan on Broadway mm-hmm. to release Boris Karloff to do the film but the Broadway people said no I think it's well it's also interesting because
2: Humphrey Bogart is was not a tall man
1: and I think
0: part exactly. of it is he would have had to wear
1: risers or something yeah
0: stilts what still. are we talking about? Still, still on screen. I'm glad you guys wrote that down because I couldn't remember why. So I just wrote that he played Boris Karloff played that part in the play, but he couldn't in the movie because he was busy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I have one of the first product
1: placements in this. Oh, film.
0: is it for arsenic?
1: It is not. <laughs> it is for the telephone that had the Uh, receiver and the microphone in one piece remember the old telephones you had to hold the part
2: people don't young kids they don't know about that they don't
1: know from that so this was one of this was called the french telephone that has nothing to do with kissing it is that the uh earpiece and the microphone are all in one piece and that was the bell telephone company's placement of the french Wow! Awesome. Wow. Welcome. wow! Welcome. Yes. Okay. People who were offered the part of Mortimer. Mm-hmm. Ronald Reagan. <sighs> and do you Jack- think that
2: if Ronald Reagan had had no. a more successful,
1: <laughs> okay.
2: no, are you not gonna let me finish? Just for the no. people who are like, what is she gonna say? Like, no. if America would have been better if he had had a more successful Hollywood career. But you think that he still would have gone on to be gov- the governor and then the president and instill all of his uh, racist things that crippled the country. But yet is like,
1: oh, he was such a great president. He was the quintessential Republican president. I have no idea what you're talking about.
2: But do you think he would have been president if he had gotten all of these parts, like if he had become a Hollywood Big time, or you're just like, oh no! They probably would have picked somebody else.
1: So I have canceled Ronald Reagan, and somebody else would have come along. I remember specifically. Yeah, there just would have
2: been another another Hollywood actor that we exactly. you know that shows up one year
1: and being in a, a petrol station in Germany, 1980, the election happened. Ronald Reagan was elected president, and a couple on a motorcycle were at the petrol station in Germany when Poppy and I were filling up. And they point to the Time magazine of Ronald Reagan as our new president and look at us with our USA plates and go, what the fuck? And we look at them and go, we don't fucking know.
2: So it was like in 2016, all over again, history repeating itself. But like even more sinister.
1: Yeah. Wait, way. Yeah. I mean, let Nancy Reagan and her, you know, occultists run the country. It was better than. It
2: was, excuse me. It was, an ast- astrologist. <laughs> I will have you know.
1: Bob Hope wanted this part. But uh, Paramount wouldn't release him. Thank you, Paramount, for not releasing him.
2: Yeah, I only know about, like, Bob Hope just because the Burbank Airport's named for him and, like, he was always hosting things, but I don't... The
1: Academy Awards.
2: Yeah, he... I know he was a comedian, but he was not a uh, ballyhooed about in my household growing up, so I don't he was, know. He
1: was an extremely Republican performer, but he did go to Vietnam with lots of other performers who would um, entertain the Vietnam troops during Vietnam. So I will give him that because that was the only positive those guys got.
2: that they had.
1: Exactly. Okay. He but, seemed like
2: his humor was very, like, to me in my mind, and I don't mean any disrespect about what I'm going to say, but to me, he's uh, like, he seems like Jay
1: Leno he was a 1950s comedian comedian, comedian. yeah where you could you could uh uh, you know like make jokes about women right anybody yeah yeah any anything was game as long as you weren't talking about the presidency or white people I heard that Cary Grant got paid either $100,000 for this role or $160,000 for this role. Did but you no,
2: also... Oh, I'm sorry, Ma. I also heard that Jack Benny was in consideration for I, this didn't role. Didn't I say
1: that? Jack Benny. Okay. Wh- who... Okay. Uh, um, Would have... Okay. It would have
2: been different.
1: Different. Really vibes. good physical comedy as far facial expressions, but too old. Okay. and. The thing about Cary Grant was men and women loved him because he was a man's man, but he was also women loved him. So he He was kind of like a Brad Pitt, right? He could appeal to both. Yeah.
2: Like a George Clooney, Brad Pitt type. Exactly.
1: Everybody could enjoy his comedy in this. Yes. And his face. Yeah. Because he was good looking. Bob Hope, Jack Benny, Ronald Reagan, not so much. So, Cary Grant got paid between $100,000 and $160,000. He donated $100,000 of his, no matter what he got paid, to the war relief. Oh. So, bravo on him. War bonds and
2: stuff, or just
1: Uh, uh, war allied charities. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, Frank Capra said this was escapism, pure, unpretentious, entertainment value. Mm -hmm. Because remember,
2: yeah, Capra did Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Mm -hmm. A lot of his films always had this sort of uh, social consciousness, you know, thing. And he just really wanted to just make something for entertainment
1: exactly yeah. and he said he hadn't had this much fun since he made it happen one night which oh, was just a comedy great. yeah and at the very end Cary Grant yells I'm not a Brewster I'm a not yeah. a son of a of a he yelled, I'm a
2: bastard in the play. It's I'm a bastard. I'm, I'm a Brewster. bastard. I'm a Thank bastard. God.
1: I'm a bastard. And, it, and miss- that was
2: like a huge laugh line in the play, but because mm-hmm. of the production code, right.
1: they were like, uh. you can't
2: say you're a bastard. And that's why it's like, I'm not a Brewster. I'm the son
1: of a sea cook. And it just yeah. doesn't
2: hit the same. Right,
1: Exactly. Which again, you have got to watch. The episode four of the Good Fight season. Five. Are we? I don't know. Oh
2: what is. my! It's the one yeah.
1: that's on now. It's so good about yeah what comedy can and cannot do. Ooh. So those were my tasty nuggets of this. Teeny, do you have any?
0: I have. It's number thirty on the AFI's list of America's one hundred funniest movies of all times. Mm-hmm. I agree. I would. I put it on my top twenty. Uh, Yeah, I'm wondering who are 29 above. One through 29. Yeah. Well, there are people who they
2: they are like
1: they're talking about murdering people. Yeah, you can't say that's a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, are our people?
0: Um, sorry. Now I need to know who the number one is. I want to know as well. Um,
2: I can do mine while you look if you want me to do a
1: couple. Some like it hot. Some like it, have even seen good. it It is funny. We, we did, did that for you. We did it. it you gotta good. watch it sometime, cause it is. But although it has. Oh, well, did we do? We did regular
0: Frankenstein. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay.
1: We didn't do rich. young
0: Frankenstein. Didn't do that. Bringing up baby Philadelphia story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Done them both. Um. Okay. Well, I would have moved it. I'm putting this. Ghostbusters. In- I'm sorry. Ghostbusters is ranked higher than this. No. No. Th- that's just no. recency bias. Oh, you know it, that is. Get, yeah. The wait. We just did the Thin Man, didn't we? Yes. It's ranked to number 32. Mhm. I like the Thin Man. Me too. I think I. Yeah. That was. Was that last week? No. Mm-hmm.
2: Wow. No. It was a, huh?
0: a few weeks. A few weeks ago. Um, okay. Uh, what else did I have? We talked about Boris Karloff. He was busy for this. Uh he was busy. I forgot to put this in my nerd alerts, but I was looking into arsenic poisoning. Yes. Now, it arsenic is a type of carcinogen that's gray, silver, or white in color. Mm-hmm. It occurs most in areas of industrialization. So countries with high levels of arsenic-containing groundwater include the United States, India, China, and Mexico. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So symptoms of arsenic poisoning, if you're worried about who you're looking
2: looking at. at They can't see us, but we are all
0: leaned all the way in. (laughs) Red or swollen skin. Oh God, Erin's gonna be like, "I have arsenic." She poisons. is. She I've is. Po- I've arsenic poisoned myself somehow. Um. Uh, so rudders, redder, swollen skin, skin changes like warts or lesions, abdominal no. pain.
2: <gasps> I had
3: cramps this week.
0: Nausea <gasps> and vomiting. Mm hmm. I have a problem. Diarrhea. You could take <gasps> up Bismol first. It helps all those things, so we'll rule that out. I had um, soup. An abnormal heart rhythm. Mm-hmm. Muscle <gasps> cramps. <gasps> mm-hmm. Tingling in your fingers and toes.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Long, Long-term symptoms are darkening skin. <gasps>
3: mm-hmm.
0: Constant sore throat and persistent digestive issues there are tests that you can do to measure high levels of arsenic in your body through your blood fingernails hair and urine um i would like to order my own test please test my fingernails um there's no specific method used to treat arsenic poisoning but the best way to treat it is to eliminate the exposure yeah and full recovery may not happen for weeks or months but vitamin mm-hmm. E and selenium supplements have been used as alternative remedies to limit the effects of arsenic exposure. If you say, uh, and then like, this is like natural arsenic exposure, I guess. So I guess you're going to, if you're poisoning someone, you're going to like give it to give a lot to them
3: mm-hmm. at
0: mm-hmm. one time, but complications to so say you survive it. Long-term complications are related to parts of your body such as the bladder, blood, digestive system, liver, lungs, lymphatic system, kidneys, prostate, and skin. Yeah. Okay. So it ain't good if you survive it, really. No. Um, but if you're exposed to arsenic in the environment, your overall outlook is pretty good.
2: Now, my, my question is, what is the poison that is made from the <laughs> seeds of apples? Is that arsenic or strychnine? Because isn't there a point... That's why you're like...
0: Don't eat apple seeds. Well, that's why it's probably arsenic. Well, that's why you're you're not supposed to. This is why you're not supposed to drink groundwater. Which I guess is why you're not supposed to drink still water. Well, there's a
2: lot of reasons why you're not supposed to drink still water, just because uh, it's still, and that's when
1: bacteria. Which is last week when when yeah, um I thought that Humphrey when he was, was in the I thought he was just going to die because yeah, that like, was nasty oh, yeah. Cyanide necessary. is in apple seeds.
2: Cyanide, that's cyanide. What it is. But
1: wasn't that a fourth or was that a pinch? A
0: fourth Oh, and that was just a pinch. That's a pinch of cyanide. It's also found in how to keep my, my recipe and going. Peach seeds and other fruit.
2: Yeah, the seeds. See, plant paradox.
0: He told you about them seeds. Don't eat them seeds. But yeah, the, no, no, I don't have any more tasty nuggets. That's that's good to know. Those were I good. I have,
2: I have that. Archie Leach appears on a tombstone in a cemetery, and that's.
1: But I didn't think it was Archie Leach's name that I wrote down.
2: And it was in a movie before. I don't know if it was Bringing Up Baby. It was, or His Girl Friday. It was some movie, and they mentioned that, like, oh, Archie Leach died.
1: His Girl Friday, I think. Yeah. Was his oh, Girl Archie Friday. Leach
2: died, and then in this movie, they have his name in the uh, tombstone. So that's kind of like a the weird, running gag. Yeah, Marvel world kind of thing. Um. Let's see... Oh, I, and then I, all I have is that Capra, Frank Capra said, quote, the world in its present state, what's the good of a message? And that's what he wondered in 1941. Because you know, the writing was on the wall. So Exactly. He just, just like, just, I just want to have fun making this movie.
1: Messages aren't getting through. Let me just have a fun movie. Yeah. So
2: that, I mean,
1: this is... Yeah. This was a good. I'm I, just I, I'm just you. so
2: surprised how, you know, you hear bringing up baby, you hear it happen one night. I'm just surprised about like arsenic and all this, especially cuz like the, you know, true crime and obviously, yeah. you know, podcast with my favorite murder. It's like comedy involved and it's just And
0: my favorite murder's never done Amy Arthur Gilligan. Oh, wow. Well, you know,
1: maybe we
0: beep, 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 have the drop
2: beep. on
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, this is what
2: happens when you take vacations, apparently. Well, yeah.
1: Listeners, we hope you enjoyed this week of Arsenic and Old Lace. We strongly suggest you watch it. And next week we oh, will be also, doing...
2: Oh, a little, little tasty nugget, though, the, the name Arsenic and Old Lace, because I wondered about it and I looked it up briefly that it's like arsenic. And then the old lace is because they would lace the wine with it. So it's like right. the old oh, arsenic and old lace. Oh, I thought it was just old the old lace. Ladies wearing lace. Because nah. the old lady sat on lace. It's the old arsenic and old lace. like you laced know, it arsenic with the arsenic. In the... the
1: strychnine and the other nine. Bionine. 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 Yeah. Oh. I liked it. I thought I it was loved fun. It. I'm going to watch it again just for entertainment value. And
0: next week? I don't know how to do this. How to make you guess it. Okay, just... Okay. Because it's something that's so predictable from me. Do you have a year? 19... Fuck, even this will give it away. Oh. We're back in the 90s. Okay, we're back in the 90s. Back in the 90s. Okay. uh, We're back in the 90s and I'm a... I'm like ten. You're ten, Christine so I'm like twenty. <laughs> ten or eleven.
2: So I'm like
1: eighteen. Okay. I'm like seventy. And no, you're not.
0: <laughs> okay, 97. 97. ninety-seven. ninety-seven. I'm
2: in
0: high school. Uh, you're junior, senior year. You probably saw it in the theater But so did I
1: I'm sure we did
0: Yeah we went to movies a lot You mentioned Kathy
1: Bates (gasps) Wait Kathy Bates and, and James Caan Misery Never heard of that movie No that was before
2: I was too young to see Misery This was my first introduction to Kathy Bates I think I don't think I've seen this movie Is it Dolores Claiborne?
0: No. Oh,
2: this is. Catchy. Oh, no, 97. What are we talking about? This is
0: Titanic.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. you've been wanting to do it, but wait, this goes
0: way beyond your time. Way pattern. beyond, but I don't care. I saw this movie in the theater three times with my friend Savannah. I had every oh. book related, I had my wall plastered with Titanic posters. This was and a big deal. This movie this was a week, big deal. Just this week, they released new photos of the Titanic. Oh. Yeah. I oh. mean, is, Aaron was
1: fascinated
0: with I the Titanic. Just before the movie.
1: Before the movie came out, I had
2: the VHS National Geographic of the Ballard Titanic expedition
1: that I watched <laughs> a lot. I have to share that, yet again, as a first, second grade teacher... Um, we had Magic Treehouse books about the Titanic. Magic Treehouse were books where these two kids would go back in time. To, to And these were always the most popular about the Titanic. And then there would be a nonfiction book that accompanied it about the Titanic. It was always, kids, I don't care who you were, what background you came from, Every kid was fascinated with the Titanic. Yeah, because they
2: said that it was this huge boat, unsinkable. It's unsinkable. It hits an iceberg and it sinks. Like what? it
0: shreds like a. Yeah, and I and I had a couple of. So the Everett Company just took a successful dive and saw the Titanic and got new pictures, which I was really excited to see. But then it's just like all you can see is like the ocean floor and like yeah. a piece of and a whole lot of like, like i'm yeah, sorry this has been I done mean, already you know But, like but when
2: that kind of stuff like this was what 88 and stuff when that titanic 85 started. when they discovered it yeah so we're we're approaching 40 years of more uh pressure cuz the pressure yeah of the ocean right, floor, right.
0: They're so, more- like, yeah, you have better technology now, but the ocean's done a lot more mm-hmm. also. it's ocean's going to do its ocean but thing. Also, my other, you know, I've been looking for a sign to do it, I guess. So that was one. But then last week, there was all the flooding in Manhattan, mm-hmm. specifically in the Bronx, where there was a subway station that was underwater. Like, no, I don't think anybody got hurt or anything. So, but you, there was photos of like video going down and somebody put over the music of for god's <laughs> sakes there's women uh, and children down here
1: yeah and so i just and why tried. couldn't jack get on her door with her i never understood yeah. why jack couldn't get up on the door with her it was I a mean, whole she, wooden yeah.
0: door and then what's her face is in that show we just all watched. And- Kate, that's why teeny props to you, though,
2: with the guessing, because you didn't lead. You led with Kathy Bates. You didn't yeah, lead with Kate okay, Winslet, Leonardo, Winslet DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio. True. Even Billy Zane, I would have been like Titanic. Wasn't she uh, Molly Brown? Like, yeah, she's the yeah. single Molly sinkable Brown. Molly brown. I, I'm sure yeah. there's going to be nerd alerts about that. And yeah.
1: I just read a novel. So many novels come from it where there were two girls coming from Ireland from the same family. And they had different jobs waiting for them. And the one sister drowned. And so the other sister took her. Her part. Well, she had like a she, job. she had a way better job waiting for Damn. her, yeah. And yeah, it was really there good. There was
2: something also weird, teeny, within the week where I was reading, I forget who it was, but it was somebody who they survived the Titanic and then they were on another famous boat that crashed. The that. It was the Lusitania,
0: it was, I mean. I, a week yeah i don't even think me. i need to watch the movie because oh i do i haven't i need seen to I mean, I'm watch it going back. to but i don't think i need to i've seen it a fa- thousand times erin remember us going to
2: see too. it I remember us going to see it because we went to go see it at the Skyline. Yes, and it was like the it's the weekend that so it came out. Of. And also leading up because this is the time where I was peak Entertainment Weekly, yes. and so I had read about all of the production snafus with it, and and was this and it was like was this movie gonna be any good? It's got this this like the kid that was in, uh, Romeo and Juliet and then yeah. this other actress, yeah. and, you know, like Kathy Bates. And I remember that the guy and the skyline ball theater was not the arc light by any means, but the guy got up and gave this whole speech about how, like, this is old, this is like a throwback old time Hollywood film. They spent all of this money on it at the time that it had been the most, I think that had been spent. And he was like, it's all up on the screen. So please, you know, be respectful of it. And this was also the theater that we went to see Malcolm X in. So this
1: wasn't, you know, it was a small little theater. It was crap. I mean, every seat was taken. We were over on the side. It was like selling out.
2: It yeah. was like, you know, it was a, it was the a only movie deal. I've seen
0: more than once in the theater. Mm-hmm. And
2: just, of and just like taking it, it all in and it was just like, oh, wow. And I wasn't one of those people who, because my, I had been fascinated by it years prior. And then, mm-hmm. so then seeing it, I was like, oh yeah, that was cool. I liked it. So I wasn't, I didn't get like wrapped up into the whole the the whole like story behind it I had already had that fascination with the actual Titanic and stuff and it was a little bit older but still it was a huge huge old timey oh my god yeah Hollywood event film
0: yeah and the well, song three hours and thirty minutes of it
2: with Celine Dion how her heart would go on mm-hmm. here far
0: Wherever what, you are.
2: In high school, though, like, definitely I had peers who went to see it, like, every weekend and were obsessed with it. And I was just
1: like, hmm, I already was that. I already went through this nerd hole. Hmm. <laughs> but this will be interesting with our power of cast and a whole new look at it. Mm-hmm. Black people are like, nah, man, No. I'm
2: not getting back on the high seas
1: <laughs> plus black people weren't even down there with the with the Irish oh like
2: the power of caste is gonna be changed and like uh, the Irish are who the black people mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's, oh, you know well oh, this will
1: be fun Christy perfect summer time and also I Obsessed with the Drake Pratt
2: Passage, so I've been into yeah. like seas and rough seas and yeah. how scary that is, and like terrifying. Even oh, are we even sure that that the UFOs are coming from outer space, or how do we know they're not in the ocean? Yeah, I'm
3: just saying
2: we don't. Eighty. What is it? Eighty. Eighty percent of the ocean is.
1: Totally hasn't even been right. assigned, discovered yet.
2: Yeah, that we have no idea
1: what it is.
2: So. Yep.
1: Oh, this will be fun. This is oh, our, well. a perfect summer blockbuster for for Gone with the Bushes. Well. Oh wow. You know next week's podcast gonna be. I know. What? How long is next week? I know. Oh boy, it might be a two parter because the week after that we won't be together. So.
3: Oh.
1: Well, we hope you enjoyed Arsenic and Old Lace as we did. And next week, oh my god, Titanic. Mm. B- Bye. Bye.